Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, however, wherever, whenever you're listening. This is the Root for Wisconsin Show, episode 92, coming at you from the Minger True Value and Riverwood Gallery Studio in De Pere, Wisconsin. I'm host and producer Eric Fisher. Joining me this week, we've got Ramsey Thompson. Ramsey, welcome back. How are you doing? Awesome. I'm happy to be here there, guys. How are you guys doing today? Fantastic. Glad to have you back. I'm fired up. Also joining us, Secretary Shauna. Welcome back to the show, Shauna. Hello. Glad to have both of you here. Not joining us, Sean is under the weather. And Justin's on dad duty. So that is the cast and crew. We'll have myself, Ramsey, and Secretary Shauna. And we've got a fun episode. Lots to talk about. You know, a little bit over a week since we last were on the air. And sitting behind these mics. And Ramsey, I think you were gone last week. So about two weeks since you've been on? It's been longer than that. I don't remember last time I was here. Probably a month. Something like that. It's been a while. So Ramsey's all fired up. He's got a lot of stuff to say. So God knows if it's going to be good or not yet. We'll see. It's all good. When are you guys going to realize... Like, when are you guys going to realize when Ramsey says stuff, it's usually right? When... The Mac Jones conversation? Do you remember when I said Mac Jones is shit, and now he's going to get benched for Bailey Zappi? Well, I will say this, though, and I'm, I'm a little sad because I saw this last week and wasn't able to make this joke to you last week. Tom Brady's not the GOAT anymore, and the divorce Giselle's taking a Super Bowl ring, so he's only going to have three and a half. Back to Joe Montana. He's still the GOAT. We don't joke about Tom. Remember we, we, I joke about I it. love how Remember? when you were like, oh, Tom Brady's comeback's going to be the best, and look at this fucking comeback right now. It looks pretty dang deflated. He's the seventh-ranked quarterback in the league right now. Do we not realize that? Is he number one? No. The seventh. He, so the man is going through a hurricane <laughs> and a supermodel leaving him, and he's still the seventh-ranked quarterback in the league. Yeah, let's, but, let's all relax. So but one means you're the best, not seven. Well, Josh Allen has is having an unreal year. I will give... And Patrick Mahomes. Those guys are half his age. It doesn't matter. That almost checks out. That's sad. That almost checks out. Let's just... Let's be... Uh, just wait. Tom's what, what, what when Tom is hosting a Super Bowl trophy in February? Like, what, <laughs> where are all you guys going to be? I love Tom Brady. I just want to make my joke I saw on Facebook. I just want Tom to be happy. I just like firing you up. But I don't really Brady. like Giselle anyways. Well, who does? Maybe I can move on to Tom, Tom Brady. Did. <laughs> Rams are you, more are loyal. you sure? Rams is more loyal than Giselle. <laughs> are you sure? Tom, Tom, Tom might Giselle, or did Tom just like be married to Giselle? Tom, Daddy, you go, you go Think play about more it. football. Play he, three, four more years. I'll stay yeah. home with the kids. He said, "Fuck you! I'm gonna go play football." That's what Tom Brady said. for 45 days. Said, Tom Brady said, I don't want to hang out with Giselle anymore. <laughs> Can you imagine being that committed to something? Being like, hey, I'm not going to hang out with that supermodel. I've, got, I wanna go I've got more of the tank. I'm I want to go, go back. I want to go put my hands in a sweaty taint. Like That's <laughs> that's what Tom decided to do. He's like, I would rather stick my hands in Ryan <laughs> Jensen than Giselle. But I read a, a TMZ article that the sex wasn't there anyway with Tom and Giselle. Not since probably the baby. So, I mean, I mean, Tommy wasn't getting it at home, so maybe he's getting it from he's stay the fired asses up. in his face. Yeah, he's, he it. can't put out during football season. you got to no. build that testosterone. you got to build that for game day. How do you think he's running around at 45? It's just a pent-up jizz. <laughs> <laughs> his, okay. his balls are on the ground. <laughs> anyway, this is because he's old. got to get tighter Is that because he's old or because... They're uh, full. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy's got to get tighter spandex. Oh, this just why this, this show this show is terrible. Yeah, this who let who this let is me four back? minutes in? This who is let four me minutes back? in? We're making Tom Brady ball jokes. Anyway, so is the content what, is lit. This is week. this what it's like when I'm not here, or is it a lot more professional? 
like that in an inch or two more professional. It's not much better. No. It's a little more nuanced. We're not just talking directly about Tom Brady's balls. But I give the people what they want. That's all I'm saying. It's more direct with you on here, and I appreciate that. I got you. All right. Anyway, we got to talk about our friends and partners. Monkey Knife Fight, play along with the contest. Don't play with the Packers right now because they're not scoring. Ugh. Pick against them. But play along with the contest. Put some money in your pocket. And then also our friends over at Raise Energy, repsports.com, code ROOT4, R-O-O-T, number 4, 15% off any order, code ROOT4. And with that, we get into the positives of the episode that is brought to you by Fanatics, hashtag college football frenzy. Show your love for your school, maybe some Tennessee love after they get past Alabama, upset of the year. Check them out. Check out your Tennessee Volunteers gear. Check out your Badgers gear, even though they suck right now. College football frenzy. Rams, you've been gone for a little while. What do you got for us? What have you rooted for in the last few weeks? I don't know. Just a little bit of everything. Well, catch us up. Catch us up in the positive. What's going on, man? You know, like I've been saying, big Texas Longhorn house right now. Big USC house. Big win for Texas last few weeks. Yeah, they've been looking good. They're going to have the quarterback controversy next year. No, they're not. Quinn Ewers. Arch, Oop, Arch, Arch is, Manning. Arch is going to sit. We got uh, Quinn Ewers. Quinn Ewers is going to be an NFL guy. He has NFL written all over him. He's Quinn Ewers might be the best player I've seen play this year. That's not that much of a stretch. I'd probably agree with that. Him or Caleb Williams. So USC is the other one. Awesome game. USC-Utah. My uh, Trojans did not pull it out at the end, but, you know, it happens. It does. Sometimes you get a loss. Yeah, college uh, football has been wild lately. It hasn't really been, though. Like, did anyone really think that Alabama was going to come in and steamroll Tennessee? They were a seven and a half point favorite, but yeah, that's just past stuff, though. I mean, I think I like it's been a fun game. year for college football. I it really has. There's been, there's a lot of talent in college football right now, and I will say, you know, first of all, the, the recruiting is getting better. Like the 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 average what let's let's never try college could come to play division one division or three star, yeah. three and a half star four star your average college football player is night and day different and better than what you had even five years ago and for sure ten years ago and so forth and so forth. Yeah, and I think some of that NILs kind of helped that along too with just it's not guys going to the same programs. Like Texas and USC, isn't it funny that the NIL goes through? And within a year and a half, they're, they're back in power. I, You know, to be honest, Texas might be the best team in the country. They're out I, there. I have sure. watched every single Texas Longhorn game this year, and I've watched every single USC Trojan game this year. And I know those aren't SEC teams, but I saw Texas. If Quinn Edwards doesn't get hurt, Texas beats Alabama at home. For sure. So I think that if Alabama is your gold standard, and obviously the thing with Georgia right now is that if you can pass over the top on Georgia. Right. Like Tennessee, Georgia, Tennessee is going to give Georgia fits. Tennessee has been so much fun to watch this year. Georgia might beat Tennessee, and I'd probably bet Georgia, but Tennessee would give Georgia issues. Honestly, I, when do they play? They don't play it's, this week. It's, it's a couple coming weeks up. From now. Honestly, if, if Tennessee keeps on this roll, I'd probably take Tennessee right now. And that's going to be my route for it. I'm going to stay in the world of college football. That Tennessee-Alabama game, I wanted Tennessee to win more than I wanted the Badgers to win this week. Ten- that game was so much fun. I wa- I, could you imagine me in Knoxville, Tennessee last no. weekend with nope. the like the pictures you saw, of, like all the people on the field, the hundred plus thousand on the field, the goalposts going through the city and into the river? I've been watching a lot of college football this year. Like that is, 
The NFL has been kind of ugly so far. It's been the NFL has been a lot of parody this year, and it's been weird. It's not. There's not parody though. No parody in the NFL. Absolutely zero. There are three Super Bowl teams in the NFL. We'll get to that later. But there is three, maybe four legit Super Bowl teams, and two of them will probably surprise you guys. So we'll uh, we'll get to that a little bit. We'll get to that in a little bit. But I, I have been loving college football. And like I said, that Tennessee Bama game was must watch TV, and. Like I said, I would have. Could you? Like I said, just imagine being in Knoxville last weekend. No, that would have been a blast. So that's my root for from the last week as well. Shauna, what do you got? No surprise, I rooted for the Bills. I'm part of the Bills mafia now, so the jumping ship on the Packers. Yeah, they suck. So I've abandoned them and I uh, joined the Bills mafia. See, I abandoned the Packers two years ago. It, well, I I jumped ship it to the me, Tampa Bay Gronkineers. It took me a little while, but uh. I rooted for Josh Allen and the Bills to take down the Chiefs. Josh Allen threw for, I think I saw 16 for 20. How and good 329 is yards. And so I'm going to say this, and this might, it's probably not a super hot take. Josh Allen might be the most talented quarterback I've ever seen play. Yeah, he's real good. He's, he makes it look so effortless. Like he, and he's dual threat. He, he does, he is a more polished version of Ben Roethlisberger. And he's very like a happy guy too. You don't see him too angry like all the time. Like he seems like he commands the team, but like not yelling. Not like Tom Brady screaming at people on the sidelines. Right, yeah. So do you guys remember a conversation? Last time I was on we talked about the Aaron Rodgers Tom Brady topic, right? Yes. Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes are going to be why Aaron Rodgers is kind of looked over for those couple years where Aaron was considered the best quarterback in the league. Because Aaron cannot do what either one of those guys do. And that's kind of that was kind of my point a couple weeks ago. I'm, you're saying that Aaron might have been the best quarterback. There's probably a three- or four-year stretch there that you might be able to say Aaron was most talented. Tom Brady was winning the Super Bowls, right? But Aaron's career is going to get overlooked because he didn't win the rings that Tom Brady did. And then directly following Aaron was Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. Yeah. And Joe Burrow, for that matter. Joe Burrow is another one that is way more talented than I ever thought he would be. Joe Burrow is more talented than most people thought he would be. I did not see... So I thought that it was a lot of Joe Burrow playing the best offense in college football, but... Which he did. And... That's true, but he brought all that right back to Cincinnati. Cincinnati. I feel like if Joey gets a a good line around him, he could really take take down a lot of uh, that. And that's, and that's thing, not like, really he a led them take. to a Super Bowl with a with bad an offensive awful line. offensive right. line. That defense is stout. Jamar Chase might be one of my favorite players in the league right now. I saw you traded Jamar Chase in the league. How that was probably a poor decision, huh? I won this week. The person who had him now. Not. Yeah, but how many points did you drop on Thursday? or 30. Yeah, so that was probably a poor decision on your part. I won. It didn't matter. Speaking of winning in the fantasy league there, Shauna. Down goes Shauna. Down goes Sean. Down goes Justin. Down goes Kamish Fish. Did Ramsey just run train on the Root for Wisconsin show? Okay. I think Rams just ran train on the Root for Wisconsin show. So... I, I don't even care if I win another I game the rest of the year. I defenses. I don't care. Well, before we do that, Shauna, from the positives come the negatives. The Tyler Hero Nugget of the Week. And I know what's coming, but you're wrong, so go ahead, Shauna. Eric Smanugi, the other week we were going down to see my sister and brother-in-law's baby, Penelope. 
and he was like, it's Thursday night. Let me see your roster. And I was driving. So like a responsible person, I handed my phone to Eric. And he's like, oh, you got a few guys not playing. Let me see what I can do here. And he moves around. Who did you even swap out? Derek Henry was on by. Right. So he so puts in. I put in J.D. McKissick. Fucking McKissick. He gets me two points. The other running back. Running back. He Khalil put, Herbert. Could have put in. 5. He had seven and you a half still points. Lost. I still would have. If I would have caught, if I would have looked at it myself and saw, I would have made the other decision. But he fucking did it. I'm swearing. This is terrible. You did it without asking me or running it by me. I asked, and and then hey, I Shana. I didn't lose by that much, which Shana. is what pisses me off. Down goes Shada. Here's why you're wrong. Stop. I didn't lose by that much. You lost by ten. Okay, so five more, and then if I would have put in somebody so, for my tight end. So hear me uh, out here. There's a reason why Eric did what he did. Because Shauna doesn't pay attention to the inactives. Shauna doesn't do this. Pat Fryermouth, her, her tight end from Pittsburgh, did not play on Sunday with a concussion. He was in the later. Hold. Dun, dun, no, 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 no. He was in. Actually, he was in the noon game against Tampa Brady and the Buccaneers. Tampa Brady. Tampa, Tampa Brady. Brady. That's right, yeah. Shauna. Tom Brady is on uh, Only Ran 5. Part of the reason. Down goes Shauna. I would have won. No, 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 no. Shh. No. You shh. Don't shh. Shauna doesn't pay attention to the inactives. She doesn't pay attention. The projections were on my side. Khalil Herbert is a true back. I would have never chosen McKissick. If I would have chose, regardless of projections, fucking SpongeBob mean. I'm just saying. That it wouldn't have mattered. Khalil Herbert is a true backup. McKissick is in a timeshare. It made sense. Eric. And then you also don't check the inactives. And Pat Fryermuth, if you, you put a tight end in, you put a free agent tight end in there and get any points from your tight end spot, you win. So. Down goes Okay, down but don't act goes like you. Shana. Don't act like you won by like a million. Shana, you won I by ten. I won by ten. That's all that matters. You guys had the ugliest game in there. We did. I'm not gonna lie though. I believe I am the highest scoring team in the league. So it doesn't really Let matter. Me look at this. I don't care. What's I had a bad week and I think I'm still ahead by forty or fifty points. Bring up the final standing projections. I'm pretty sure okay, I'm still I don't first. get that. I no, have a ninety that makes zero sense. I have the best team in the fucking league. No, I'm, you don't. I do. As of today, yeah. Oh, Ramsey, you have the most points for, and it's you got a, that by about forty-five points. That's what I'm saying. And Mark's winning the league now. The today, project, I don't get that. I'm three and three, and I'm projected tenth. It's because I'm suck. what five and one, and yeah. I'm projected third. Yeah, it, <laughs> I have the most points in the league. I have the highest playoff make percentage, and I'm still sitting in third in the final projection. No, now you're fourth. That's what I'm saying. This you is won. fucking st- you won. And no one beats me aside from Tyson, which I lost to him last year too, you fucker. I think <laughs> I'm gonna beat you. I if had I not made a mistake, okay, Shauna, I would beat you be, in the playoffs. Be My best three players were on by this week. So were hers though. Yeah, so were mine. But okay, hold on though. Nick Chubb? I don't Derek have Henry. Nick Chubb. Is better than Derrick Henry. Okay. DeAndre Swift. My second running back has been injured, which is the number one fantasy scoring running back last year. And then Josh Jacobs was on bye. So I had three running backs out. Yeah, well, I had a lot of people out, too. Well, I only had one person, two people out. It is what it is at this point. It, you know, I don't know. It happens that Rams just ran train on the roof of Wisconsin show. 
That's all that really matters. I don't care if I win another game. See, I knew this was going to be a problem when I drafted, was all these four dudes who have a bye on the same freaking week. All right, Rams. What is your nugget of the week? Or I, weeks? Because you've been gone for a little while. I can see you going a couple different ways, so I'm curious where you're going. I don't even know, man. I, like, I'm trying to think. Well, Bubba Wallace. Yeah, I don't... That's a bad look for a sport talking about safety. Well, that's what I wanted. I was kind of like thinking... So, for those of you who don't know, Bubba Wallace... Uh, I don't even say he's controversial, but controversial NASCAR He's a controversial driver. NASCAR driver. Um, in a sport that right now is constantly talking about safety. These cars aren't safe. They've had two guys now at their top series who have missed multiple weeks and are going to continue to miss multiple weeks with concussions. Well, Kurt Busch ended his career. He retired. Right. So it ended Kurt Busch's career uh, a very young... It's um, Alex Bowman, right? Or is it William Alex Bowman. Yes, Alex Bowman for Hendrick Motorsports has been out for about a month now with concussion issues. It sounds like he's another... He's not going to be back to at least Phoenix. Phoenix. And then that would be the season. Right. Um, And that's just the two at the top level of the sport. So all in all, not a good look for NASCAR. Well, so then on Sunday... So Sunday, and there's a thing that drives me nuts about this whole conversation, is that Kyle Larson never touched Bubba Wallace. He got up and... No, no. He, he didn't touch never him. touched him. He drafted him into the wall. Okay, but that's not... You don't go into the wall. Bubba Wallace was just too stubborn to lift. Right. Like, sometimes you have to lift and fight another day. And Bubba, you look like a complete asshole, because then you right-hook Kyle Larson to the fence, driver's side at 180 miles an hour into the fence. And take out a playoff driver. And take out Chris Bell, who, in my opinion, was probably the dark horse in the championship. And you said that weeks ago. I said that weeks ago. I mean, I looked at Chris Bell, I'm like, you know what? The tracks he's good the, at that leads to... he's starting to get hot. So you might have ru- you might have taken out the championship winner because you had a temper tantrum because you didn't lift. And that's the thing that sucks about this whole conversation is that you were stubborn and then you ruined two other guys' days. Well, that and... I mean, you didn't... He was right in top five at that time. Yep. He ruined his own day yep. because he went up in the wall a little bit. He had a car that was capable of winning. If he were just lifted and fought another day... And that's the thing that, you know, the Bubba Wallace conversation is just an interesting one because I think he's proven that he's a talented driver, right? I think that we can all at this point say, okay, Bubba he's Wallace good enough. is probably... He's good enough to be in the ride he's in. Yep, and he's in top flight equipment, and I just couldn't imagine... I, I, it just This whole conversation is just baffling to me, is that <coughs> you, you right-hook someone, and people don't like you already... You right and then you someone. go try to fight exactly. him in the infield. Like Kyle what... Larson just was like, "Dude, just leave me the fuck alone." Like, you got your revenge, and you yeah. you ended our day. Yeah, right. And then you're gonna come down and push me. Yeah. And what if Kyle Larson gets a concussion or a serious injury from this? Kyle Larson's a once in a generation type talent that you could have just taken out because you didn't want to lift. And that's that is such a piss poor excuse that it just drives me nuts. Um, Russell Wilson drives me nuts. Let's ride. Bronco country, let's ride. You fucking clown. You need to just <laughs> play football. Like, and then today you're talking about Wolverine blood. Like, Russell Wilson's probably my least favorite football player. Yeah. He's, he's gotten weird. He And, you know, there was an article. Uh, Pat McAfee was talking about I'm sure you saw that. That they were talking about Richard Sherman and... Marshawn Lynch talking about how you can't just text Russell Wilson. You have to go through his team to then text Russell Wilson. 
I did not see that. That's nuts. But that's so, you know, all these conversations that happen in Seattle saying that, oh, let Russ cook, let... The dude can't see open receivers down the field. Like he looks so bad right now. And and truthfully, I'm really curious. And I know Justin's got one perspective, and I know Sean's got another perspective, and I know you know, we probably all have different perspectives on this, but did the Denver Broncos really put all their faith in Nathaniel Hackett because they won Darren Rodgers and then Russell Wilson was a consolation prize? I don't think Russell will I don't think Nathaniel Hackett's all the problem. I don't think Nathaniel Hackett helps the situation. I think that he's proven he's over his skis a little bit. Sure. But because there, there's the little things. And this is, I'm going to get to this with the Packers here in a little bit because I haven't got a chance to talk about their shit show that they've been having lately. But Russell Wilson, you put him in this offense, you take away what he does best, and that's move a pocket, right? You mm-hmm. roll a pocket to one side of the field. He's trying to be a drop back quarterback to compete with these Aaron Rodgers, Russell, or Patrick Josh Mahomes, Allen. Josh Allen's of the world that just drop back and make passes, make plays happen. Are we sure that Pete Carroll wasn't right and just was like, Russell, you can't see open receivers. I'm going to roll the pocket so well, that you take half the field away. Let's look at what led him to being drafted in the NFL. This is better part of 10 years ago. Russell Wilson was a good, not great player at NC State. Yep. He comes to Wisconsin and was he had a great year. It led them to yeah. a Rose Bowl loss, but had a great year. Because he was better than anybody else at getting out of the pocket and actually going to his left, going away from his body and his throwing yep. arm, throwing across the field. Yep. Because he got out of the pocket and he had an amazing offensive but line and a good defense. What did Pete Carroll do in Seattle? Same thing. Rolled him right. Rolled him left. They moved the pocket so that Russell Wilson wasn't allowed to make decisions from the middle of the field. Right. And we've obviously, we've obviously shown at, to this point Russell Wilson cannot make the correct decisions in the middle of the field. Because on paper, that team should be rolling right now. They've played, they have they've played a soft schedule. Statistically, the best defense in the league. And if you look at their weapons, are statistically one of the best defenses in the league. I shouldn't right. say they're the best. I think there's a couple of ones that are better. But you have the weapons. You have the offensive line going into the season was ranked relatively high. That running back, uh, Williams. Devont, No. Javante, yes, Javante, Javante Williams. Williams. You have Jerry Judy, a very good talent. You have Cortland Sutton, a very proven talent. Yeah. You have two or three tight ends that are ranked relatively high. So we're doing this thing where you, you can't make decisions. And then you talk about having Wolverine blood. And you talk about Broncos country, let's ride. Like, stop being cringy. Just play football the way you're supposed to play football. He's, I don't think he's talented enough to just not be focused mostly on football. And I think that's been a pretty common conversation recently on a lot of national shows talking about you can't just you're not the you're not Josh Allen, you're not Patrick Mahomes level talented, you're not Aaron Rodgers level talented. You are Russell Wilson. So, and that's been good enough to this point. But are we sure though? Because he didn't have a high winning percentage in Seattle when he left. And everyone's like, oh, Russell Wilson is the saving factor, not the reason why they're losing, right? Well, there was enough other blame to go around, right? Like, you look at Russell Wilson when they were in their prime. He took them to two Super Bowls. They won one. Right. So you look at that, and you could say, okay, he had an amazing defense, an actual, like a once-in-a-generation defense. And he was good enough to not lose games, except for the Super Bowl when he threw the interception when they should have ran to Marshawn Lynch. Not really hit. I mean, 
whatever. But you you know you get the two Super Bowls. You should have won two. You win one, and then you are perennially a playoff team, even as recent as the 2019-2020 season. Yep. You decide to sell the farm on the defense, and then everything goes away. And you're one of the worst. Granted, he gets hurt last year. He breaks his finger, whatever he did to his finger. But I'm just. It not... went so downhill. And that's what I'm saying. I'm not sold that it's just. I don't know. I I can't imagine that he's washed. Like I can't imagine Russell Wilson is a washed player at this point. He's 34 years old. So I'm guessing there's some other stuff going on. Maybe an injury. Maybe. Well, he they added him to the injury report now, with I believe a shoulder injury, but and and they said that that's maybe hampering some stuff. It's just been one thing after another this season. But anyway, regardless, I did Seattle know all this before they sent him out? I thought he got hurt like this season. But I'm saying I don't. The issues that he's having though aren't just based on. Like one week, one nagging injury for sure. a week. He's obviously healthy enough to play, and with your brand new half a billion dollar asset, you make sure they're healthy, right? You're not going to put him out there if he's not in playing condition. Sure. So, regardless of how much Wolverine blood he has, he is doesn't have a Wolverine shoulder, but he's good enough to yeah. play, right? So. You're paying. You're paid half a billion dollars. You need to figure it out. Yeah, agreed. My nugget of the week. I was kind of using that NASCAR thing um, situation. I'm gonna go with the WIA, and it's always fun to hate on the WIA. It's it's easy, but they make it easy a lot of times too, right? And specifically, last week they were in the news twice because they banned two seasons from the postseason or two teams from the the football postseason. And one is one hundred is questionable. One is completely unjustified. So the first one was uh, Owen Withy School that Ramsey and I are familiar with out west. Uh, they were banned from the eight-man football postseason after a stellar season because of a clerical error that not even WIA caught. Where when you switch from eight-man to eleven-man or eleven-man to eight-man football, you have to miss two years of the postseason. Just for the adjustment, whatever. I think it's a stupid rule, but I if that's the rule, that's the rule, right? Where the issue became is that when this initially happened in the 1920 season, <clears throat> they technically canceled their season because they only had like 14 guys show up to the first day yeah. of practice. And then it becomes an issue of that season doesn't technically count as one of the two years. So now you have a team that played all season and... I believe we're either undefeated or had lost maybe one game. Mm -hmm. And you're cheating these kids out of a postseason because they didn't meet what you thought. And again, it was a clerical error that even the WIA admitted that they were at fault. Never take postseason away from high school kids. A local-ish team. Um, And I do agree. I'm on the side of you don't take away postseason play for a whole team for high school kids. Yes. Justin and I had a conversation about this. He thinks it was justified in the sense that they had a kid who was playing technically in a fifth year because he played unsanctioned. I be, and I, I, if I'm wrong on this, this is how I read it. It was unsanctioned by the WIA, but it was a JV season of football when he was in eighth grade under a home school. And he came, transferred to Amherst, 
I believe he played soccer one year, basketball another year, and then this was his either first or second year playing football since that uh, JV-ish year. And now Amherst is deemed ineligible as well. But why do we care? I just don't get like take. If he played high school as an eighth grader, what does it matter? And on on a non-sanctioned level as well. But regardless, right? I think you shouldn't just be able. If you are talented enough, and not even say the kid's talented enough, but if you are talented enough to play at a high school level in eighth grade, okay. Well, I'm even going to take it one step further. Why are you like? Maybe you should. You can say that the the school should have done due diligence. He shouldn't have been on the field. Whatever. I I don't think that's the case here personally. But even if that's the case here, why are you punishing the whole entire team, the whole entire school, for literally one kid? Well, right, and especially the fact that the kids probably didn't even realize that. Right. Exactly. Like, like the, the other the surrounding kids teammates probably didn't even realize didn't, had that. Had no that, idea. Yeah. So that is my nuggie. That's been bothering me for the better part of a week. I think that's wrong. And I would I would love to have that conversation with Justin because I'd love to hear what he had to say about that. But I don't see any situation where that is justified. No, I, I, I struggle with that as well. And again, it, for me, it ultimately just comes down to why take away from the kids? Like, this is high school football. Right. You're not, you're not punishing adults. You're not punishing, like, even, like, college suspensions I, I can get with because they make enough money. This is high school football. Yep. So and it's not like it was an issue where the kid, you know, like he was failing or, you know, whatever element it was. You know, it wasn't like an academic suspension. It's not like he got caught drinking. You know, anything like yeah. that that I would say warrants a suspension. But Even that I don't think should necessarily warrant a suspension. I don't I – don't, outside of, like – physical altercations with other teams or like I don't really think any of that shit should be suspension for a kid see I I can get with the school thing like the grade thing if you're playing high school you should be decent enough to get a 2.0 or whatever okay sure no F's right no F's yeah I can get behind that right because otherwise then it becomes an accountability thing like if you're not being held accountable by your team and you just get to screw around Sure. Okay. I'll, I'll I'll concede to the grade thing. Everything else, though, if you're not in jail and you're not you're a decent member of society, you should probably be able to play. I'd agree with that. But yeah. you shouldn't take stuff away from kids. Pretty much. Period. In my opinion, and especially when it's such a short time to begin with. Because let's. I mean, let's be real. Unless you're extremely talented, your average varsity career is unless you're in a very small school, is two years. Where you're playing... Maybe three. Yeah, maybe three where you're playing under the Friday Night Light. You know, the traditional yeah. high school football. So, yeah, I'm with you on that. I just... I just, I get that there's probably reasons to it. Like, you can't... You can't warrant... Like you said, the grades thing. You could probably... I could, you'd probably justify You guys are probably right. That's an accountability thing. You can probably justify that. Because especially in modern high school, so all you older listeners... After being out for a couple of years now, you barely have to try to get a 2.0. Like, if you show up, they'll... Eat right. Well, there's it. enough checks and balances in there where the teachers will save you to get a grade. Yeah. You know. They're, they'll pass you at a D as long as you show up. Or show that you're, you know... At least try. You have to, you have to show up, effort. put your name on the paper, and... Well, like, okay, let's not negate teaching that that bad, okay? 
but at the high school level, especially for like when it comes to sport, like let's be well, real here. Okay. We're not, you know, when it comes high school, big school, little school. When it comes to sports, teachers are usually a little bit more lenient. I would agree with that. It, I would also agree in, it with saying that... Well, not even sport. I even throw extracurriculars as a whole in. There, so, as being a lower-class student, <laughs> not saying I was quite to that extent, but, you know, a C student. You know, C's get degrees, you know what I'm saying? But, as being a C student, I do know for a fact there are a lot of teachers that as long as... I made a conscious effort to show up and make some sort of an effort, a minimal, minimal effort, that they would do me a solid and move me on. See, I will, I'll take this one step further. I'm not going to name the name of this teacher because I believe they're still in the teaching world. They're at a different school now, but I will say that they were a high school coach at a JV level, and they had once said, you know, they were pissed off at one of their players for being ineligible. And said, "All you have to try to fail." Yes, that's like, it that takes, is a fact. It takes more effort to fail a class in high school than it does to pass. Yes. So that's I am fully on board with that being a suspension for athletics. And or not talking shit about teachers or anything. I, right, right, right. No, right. what you guys do, I could not do. No, me neither. 100%. You have, you have. When I say patience, extending what I could even comprehend, that's probably putting it lightly. Like the amount of patience it would take to deal with someone like me. <laughs> I would not have. See, I don't. Have we talked about this on this show? Which student would be worse, you yes, or me? Yes, we yeah. talked about yeah. that. I, I always go back to that. Well, but, I took a video the other day just because Eric's like, well, you know. So we whatever. had, for our listeners, we had a debate based on a conversation Shauna and I had where Shauna was trying to convince me that the opposite of a giraffe, which animals don't have opposites, but if there was an opposite, like just the first thing that comes to your head. The opposite of a giraffe, she convinced, or was trying to convince me it was an elephant. Yeah, so Eric wanted to know what my students said. So I just recorded myself, um, and then the students or whatever, they're just their answers. And I said within a, I think, 30-second period time, Yeah. get out a post-it note and a pencil probably seven times. It was ten, or if not more. And you still have kids. And I only have nine. But, like, you still have kids looking at you like, what am I supposed to do? What, See, what am I supposed to do? I don't have the pay- – so whenever – if I'm at work, right, and I ask someone to do something, I wanted it done 10 minutes ago. So by the time I ask, I am not patient anymore. Right. It is get it done. Right. Not we need to do this. Yep. So being a teacher, and if I had to ask more than once, there would be some crying children. <laughs> like I said, I, I can't even tell you – it. The, the the audio of this video that I took it like it, even watching it back I was like, oh my goodness. So what was the what was the general consensus on the children with the draft conversation? Uh, everybody had a different answer. Um, was any of them elephant? Yes, one was. <laughs> <laughs> Ramsey, what was your answer? You said cor. I said a corgi. Yeah. Which is fair. Like I said, wild has no neck and tiny legs. I think that's literally the opposite of a draft. I, mean, See, I, I went fish. So you went, again, opposite habitat. But, okay, so let's just talk about fish, though, for just a second. That's not even a land animal. Right. That's Which would make it opposite. But and they do not have long necks. But they don't even... One lives in the water, one lives on land. Right, that's why it's opposite. I don't think that's uh, the case. That's literally opposite. 
All I'm saying is the opposite of a giraffe, I'm doubling down, is an elephant. Can you, can you justify this? I've heard it, but can you justify this? Yes. So a giraffe is tall and skinny. A elephant is short and fat. Okay, who said a fucking elephant is short? Well, That's what I say. Shorter. And giraffes are hefty bitches too. Shorter. I'm just saying. Have you? I rode an elephant once. Have that you thing, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. You never rode an elephant? So no. elephants have really like little baby hairs that scratch your legs. Okay, so small hair. It, not one of the baby ones, one of the big ones. Or the Shriner Circus back. I'm like, I have a picture. Oh, I will, okay. If I can get my mom to dig out the picture of me riding the adult elephant. So you're not in like Africa riding an elephant. You're like riding an elephant at the circus. Have you rode an elephant? What? No. <laughs> well, there we go. So I'm I think saying. in the room, I would say I'm the elephant expert. The motherfuckers are tall. Okay, well. They are tall. When giraffes say, have hooves. Elephants have toenails. Giraffes kind of have hooves too. Have a long neck. Elephants have a trunk. Don't really have a neck. Um, elephant elephants have tusks, and giraffes have little horns. So those sound pretty similar to me. It I'm is. not gonna lie. <laughs> like if you just said that definition, and I'm like, well, hmm. elephants are kind of tall. All right, I wasn't saying I'm right. They are thick boys. I might be pedaling back a little bit. As but you should. It's what came to my mind at the time, and then I had to defend it. And it that is was, what it is. as I said in the group chat, that's a that's a terrible take, there, Shauna. I mean, it wasn't great, no, but <laughs> it was yeah. a take I had, and kind of just like your fantasy team's performance over the weekend, just not that great. <laughs> we were subpar. I I will admit we were subpar, but you just got taken out was, by only Ram Five. That was a mistake on my part. I, the mistake wouldn't have mattered. And I be I am going to bounce back. Anyway, so to get us back on track a little bit. Sports track. Back on track. We're going to go to our What's Weird Wisconsin hey, story. Hey, Shauna, that's uh, Chris Olave that just caught the ball. He is also on my fantasy team, just so you know. And he was out last week as well. <laughs> that's super. I'm so happy for you. I am also happy for me. I'm glad he's scoring points, or is he I, on your bench? I because be- you forgot to make him act in. No, I activated him today because he said he was going to play. Oh, fantastic. Good for you. Because. See, this is how a good friend participates in no, no. fantasy football band. No, last year I got fisted. <laughs> last year Yeah, last was, year you sucked. No, no. I just had the most points scored yeah, against yeah. me. So, I'm just going to say that uh, I ran train on the Root for Scottson show. You did, but come playoffs, buddy. I'm not going to forget. I don't care. I, I beat you guys all. There's no one else in this room that can say they beat all the Root for Wisconsin show. Yet. I Well, except you. But you didn't beat me. I think I beat everybody else. You haven't played me yet. Oh, okay. Well, I beat Sean and I beat Justin. Rudy Tootie. Did I, beat, did I even play Sean yet? I don't know. I'm just saying the entire Root for Wisconsin show is below only Ram 5. Add one and five. Oh, I oh I haven't even played any of the Root for Wisconsin people you except played, you. You played Justin, didn't you? No, I play you. The, the week nine is Justin, week ten is Eric, and then week eleven is Sean. So we will see. All right, what's your Wisconsin story uh, this week? Coming from Wausau, W A O W, and there's actually two elements to this. So the Rhinelander Hodags is a finalist for best mascot in America. That's terrible. Shauna is not a mascot person. I was a mascot. Ew, we would not have been friends. I would have been very afraid of you. Are you shitting me? 
I would have been. Uh, I was not, the Surin Eagle. I was the high school mascot for almost every sporting event. Oh my God, no! I was also the Easter Bunny for Bell and College of Nursing. <laughs> the look. This is an audio format, but the look on Shauna's face. We, I don't. There's think... there's a picture of me rocking around my Easter Bunny costume. Oh my God. <laughs> Is... Yeah, no, Shauna doesn't do mascots. Why? So are you scared of mascots, or are you... Uh... No, I'm scared of them, and that's... Uh, I... did, did you ever say... Okay, I'll show you a picture of me in the giant eagle costume. Well, I'm not scared of pictures. I look fucking dope, dude. So... Is the eagle, like, real big? That's huge. Oh, my God, no. We would not have been friends. So we, we would definitely have been friends. You would have been friends, but you wouldn't have been friends. I don't for know where day. you get off by saying that we would not have been friends. No, I'm We're not the even same like fucking I'm not person. even a high like high horsing. I would have been too afraid of you. Like I would have been. Uh, you would have known I was the mascot. That's like a secret. Yes, of course it's a secret. You can only talk about it after the fact. Yeah. Oh, all right. Well, maybe we would have been friends. But no, like Shauna, mascots do not mix. Like. The first, no, not the first time we took it over the gambler's game, but we went with Josh and Megan one time, and Ace, the gambler's mascot, sat, like, a row in front of us and, like, four seats down. Shauna blacked out. Yeah, I don't like, remember any of that game. And the part I blacked out for was the really good. Yeah. There was, like, a big fight on the ice and stuff, and I, I couldn't even tell you. Actually, maybe I don't have a picture. Haley does. I know Haley has a picture of me in the eagle costume. And then... Shauna did overcome her fear this summer when we went to the Brewer game. Oh, my God. Took her picture with Bernie Brewer I was the Barrel sweating. Man. I was sweating. I mean, it was hot, but I was ultra sweating. You know who was more hot? That poor mascot. I don't even care. You sweat your I don't ass off. feel oh, bad you do. for him for a second. I was, I was uh, Hubert the Lion for BMO Harris Bank and the Christmas Parade in Jolet. I am afraid of all of them. And I think... If we dig a little deeper, this is not, you know, a mental health podcast, but if we dig a little deeper, I think it's the fear of the unknown. Because uh, I also don't like clusters of holes. Trypophobia. Um, what, is a, what is a cluster of holes? Oh, my God. Look up, look up fear of holes on Google and just, like, prepare to cringe. Are you afraid of falling? No. I'm a, I, Honestly, the fear of holes is... Because it's the fear of unknown. And a fear of mascots is also the fear of unknown. This is uh, Ramsey. Okay. In I the thought you were going to show me a picture of the, holes. In the eagle. <laughs> okay. So the at-home <laughs> at at crowd. Shauna flinched. <laughs> I said, this is... And she, she's, she got nervous. Oh, oh, that's like the falcon we had. Yeah, that's I cool. Was, I was a certain eagle. Uh, the picture's not... But I would not have liked you. Yeah, you would have. I would not have liked the eagle at all. He looks okay, but also, what about mascots? Because that looks exactly like the Sheboygan Falls Falcon. Well, probably one it's person high, makes yeah. them all. High school sports. It's just a state. different color. You get the cheapest one you can get. It's a, no, it was the same colors too. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, the Falcon had was purple, and it had yeah. Well, this, it was purple and gold. It's a white, a white. But the rest of it. Yeah, but the body. the Falcon had a had the white head too. I think it was a little bit yellow. But our falcon had that too. Anyway, so the story. I don't want to look up the look up the fear of holes real quick. One of twelve I, finalists I, for best mascot in America. Okay. Uh, the superintendent of Rhinelander says if you haven't voted, it's time to push the Hodogs to the final line. It's not only for the school district; it's part of the community. And then vo- voting for that closes November first. Also, Fang and Whiffer 
are up for the National Mascot Hall of Fame. There's a Mascot Hall of Fame apparently. Absolutely not. I would not touch that with a 10 I should be in the Mascot Hall of Fame. I'd agree with that. Ramsey should be in the Mascot Hall of Fame. The Hodag? For best, for best minor league uh, video of the year. The Hodag is disgusting. It's like a little gremlin with like fangs. Isn't it? Or horns? So, okay, Shauna, this, here's, the, here's the real question. So Rupert Wisconsin podcast, we're slightly turning into a mental health podcast. Okay. Um, <laughs> just so everyone... This is going to be very therapeutic so, after so this, because we're probably going to talk about Packers. So how do you feel about... Do you ever see those pictures of people that are on like the, they're swimming in like a lake? You can see the bottom of the lake, yeah. and then all of a sudden there's a drop off, and like it's blue water, and then it goes to like black water. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Um, that uh, like the ocean scares me. Like really deep water scares me. Um, again, I think that's also connected to the fear of the unknown. Like if you look up fear of the unknown, all of my fears are like right in there. So how do you feel about death? Um, I'm a pretty religious person, so I'm not really scared of that. But I know that that's unknown. But, but isn't that the ultimate unknown? I think so. But like, I have enough faith to say uh, that I'm going somewhere. Hmm. We'll talk about that for the podcast. Okay, I'm interested. Maybe I should start my own mental health podcast. Yeah, right. I'll do it with you. We could do a mental health podcast Thursdays or something. Heck yeah! <laughs> we'll we chug could, beer and just. We could call it <laughs> fear of ma- curing the fear of mascots. Curing the fear. I was probably out curing the fear. Cure the fear. Oh my god! Like fear the deer. <gasps> We can do a play on words. Oh my god! Mental health podcast coming at you soon, twenty twenty three. Rooting for the cure. <laughs> Rooting for the cure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So just real quick, Justin's not here to talk Badgers. Badgers lost again. First loss in the Jim Leonard era. Didn't look good doing it offensively. It is what it is. Um, Bucks underway in the regular season. I believe tonight's their first regular season game against the 76ers. Uh, Bucks are the odds-on title favorite. That's all you really need to know about them right now. Uh, baseball playoffs heating up. Brewers aren't in it. That's around the state there. And that leads us to our Green Bay Packers. And this also probably going to be some mental health. Oh, we got to do picks too. We'll do that after the Packer talk. Save that for the end. Um, this is probably also going to be some mental health here because they have been frustrating. Do you, last... to, do you guys want me to talk about the Packers, seeing as how I'm sure that we have not been realistic with the Packers lately? Yes. I would love to hear what Ramsey has to say. Okay, so Packer fans, I was kind of mentioning... Wait, wait, wait. May, may, may I interject just real quick? Yeah. I want to hear what Ramsey has to say. Our list, this is going to be a, some, some tough truth tonight, I think. This is going to be very tough truth. This is me as Easter Bunny. <laughs> do not like that do not like that see the thing too is my parent like i wouldn't i wasn't brave enough to even like express my fear so at, like six flags with all the mascots and stuff my parents would be like go up go up by the mascots and they'd be like pushing me to them and all of my pictures i have my tongue in my lip which was like my like c- form of coping and so i'd stand there like this and they'd be like, why are you not smiling? And I'd just be like, yeah, okay. Yeah, this, this is the Easter Bunny Ram. <sighs> no. prime, this might be prime mascot Mel ram. looks very happy. I would not look like that. <laughs> I'd be like sweating. I was sweating. Yeah, mascot costumes are not very friendly. They are warm. All right. So anyways, Packer truth. Okay, Packer fans, um, I've been kind of saying this for a little while now. Matt LaFleur 
is an average coach at best. We've kind of allowed him to kind of go into a different category of coaches that aren't necessarily where he belongs. He Anytime he goes up against a better coach, he tends to look average. I think he's beat, what, McVeigh once or twice? He's beat McVeigh twice. Beat once Sean. in the playoffs, once last season. But that's what I'm saying. So... He's beaten um, Shanahan once. He's beaten Andy Reid, but I believe... No, he, he lost Andy Reid. He lost last... No. He beat Andy Reid. He beat them uh, two years ago. Whenever they had Jamal Williams like falling in the end zone. Anyways, regardless of... We're, I believe Matt LaFleur is somewhat of an average coach. I believe David Bakhtiari and Aaron Jones is a waste of money. I think the interior offensive line is aggressively average. I think they're worse than that. But we'll, Elton go Jenkins, ahead. I don't think, has actually fully recovered. Neither is David Bakhtiari, for that matter. The defense is there. It's, it's okay. They don't get any help from the offense. The Packers, for whatever reason, don't like to run the ball. And the biggest glaring issue, which I don't know why the Green Bay Packer front office has decided this is what we're going to go with, they don't have any weapons on the outside. Zero. There's not a single guy on the outside that can get open. We have Saints Cardinals on right now. We're recording on Thursday. And there's receivers getting open. And probably, so outside of the receivers, the receiving core being bad, I think bad's a understatement too. I'd say underwhelming, but yeah. I think there's one decently talented receiver in the entire group, and that's Romeo Dobbs, and he hasn't played any meaningful games. He played at what Nevada? Yeah. So they were playing the School of the Blind and Panera State. <laughs> so let's be realistic. He's not played any NFL level talent. He's okay. I think the rest of them are hot trash. On top of that, I don't think Lazard's hot trash. But I, Aaron Le, or Alan. Alan Lazard at best is a he's a receiver three at he's, best a three. I would he's probably James say, Jones. What James Jones was when they had Jennings and Jordy and maybe a three. Yeah, maybe a crucial role, but he should not be in your one. So you have bad weapons, an old line. And then you have a quarterback in Aaron Rodgers who wants to simplify things. Like, you realize this offense was solved by the Jets' defense. The Jets have been terrible forever. During the Giant game, you got outcoached by... Oh, his name's not there. The bald dude. It's a uh, Buffalo offensive coordinator. Yeah. Anyways, whatever his name is. Whitman. No. no. I know what you're talking... Yeah, it doesn't what matter. What a great podcast. Anyways, the Giants outcoach you in the second half. You can't score off script. Aaron Rodgers is too stubborn to build a relationship with the rookie wide receivers. And Aaron Rodgers is too stubborn to actually change to make everything work. Aaron Rodgers can't check down to a shallow route. He has to throw the deep ball. He keeps consistently under-throwing receivers. We can't pick up blitz packages. I mean, where else do you want me to go? So we're talking about a team, and if you look at the rest of their schedule, they might be an 8-1 team. Maybe an 8-1 team. I would guess they're probably closer to 6 wins. 
I would six wins of what's left or six wins total? Because they're already three and three. Six wins total. Really? You got to think they had the Vikings on coming up, right? So the Vikings are still left. One Viking game. Buffalo, Dallas, Philadelphia. Sure. They will not be favored in any one of those games, and they don't have the weapons to play with any one of those teams. There's four more losses right there. And that's before we even talk about the commander game this week, that they're a seven-point favorite. They can't, they have the, one, the commanders have one of the best run defenses in the league. So you can't run. So you're going to make these receivers beat you. I don't think it's you can't or you won't run. So, so, so here's I'm going to give a little bit more optimistic, but it's 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 layered optimism because there are some major flaws with this team as is right now, and primarily on the offense. The defense is there. The defense is good in the first half, but when the offense is not helping them out whatsoever, the de- you know we saw this against the Giants particularly, but we also saw it against the Jets too. You know these late those last couple of games. These last two games really stick out where the defense is on the field for six or seven minutes, which yep. is an eternity for an NFL day. Well, any defense, but yeah, it's an eternity. You should not be on the field that long if you want to win games. Mm-hmm. The offense comes around as a three and out because they don't want to run. Well, and, Aaron, and then, can't, Aaron can't check down either. Have you noticed that? He throws these deep balls to these receivers, and he doesn't do any check down routes. He's I don't either, think they have a check down on those plays, though, a lot of times, He's throwing down behind the line of scrimmage to try to make a running back make a play up field or a tight end, or he's throwing a deep ball to receiver. There's no medium pass game. Right, there's but zero. There's, they're not running medium pass routes either. I'm sh- So I have not watched the film, so I'll be the first one to admit this. I am sure that there is a middle route that would be somewhat open that we're just not That's seeing That's a possibility. That uh, but here's, here's my, like I said, I am cautiously optimistic because I think the I think there are two fixes and they're two very doable fixes that would help them immensely. So, but before I get to that though, where we are today, the defense is on the field too long. Then the offense doesn't help them out whatsoever because they refuse to let Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones had 13 touches this last week against the Jets. Against a Jets defense that, while improving, it should not be on your level with this offense on paper. Can I ask, why are we totally abandoning the run game? That's There's two theories with that. We'll get to that in a second. Matt oh, LaFleur's hot trash? Um, well, so there's the the play calls. They go with a lot of R, RPO, run-pass option. Sure. Where, to the defense's credit, and maybe this uh, this reflects on LaFleur, and we talked about this a little bit last week, the defense disguises very well. Where it's they, they don't play press, but they disguise press. They disguise like they're covering run, which should open the passing game up. When the snap comes, they back off, and they play zone defense, and the Packers, because like Ramsey said, do not have that elite pass catcher they're covering well enough and they have those front lines since Royce Newman is hot garbage Royce up Newman's front trash and when Aaron Rodgers as great as he is has 2 seconds where he's not even hitting the back of his drop and he's got a defender or two because Royce Newman and John Runyon are struggling and John Runyon's a good enough offensive guard but he is not your number 1 by any means but when Royce Newman is getting beat on simple stunts 
because he's looking around with his hands out like he's supposed to be getting passed off and Josh Myers is trying to pass a guy off to him and Royce Newman doesn't even see the guy. And this happened time and time and time and time again against the Jets. And it's happened time and time and time and time and time again against the Giants. But, you know, that's one of the things, though, too. I think they're dropping blitz packages, too. Like, they're not picking up blitzes at all. No, they're like, not picking up blitzes. So you're Rams, talking they're, about, not, they're not picking up a four-man rush. That's what, but that's what I'm saying. They've been bringing blitzes. They've, a lot of teams have been blitzing linebackers that they're not picking up, period. Right. And Royce Newman, and I wish you guys could see me, but again, we're in podcast audio. Royce Newman stands there with his hands out looking for someone to block, but doesn't touch a soul. And he's just looking around with his hands out trying to pick up someone to pick up on the the basic stunt where a defensive lineman comes from John Runyon's side, mm-hmm. goes around the nose tackle, around the linebacker, and has a free run at Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers taking his three-step, five-step drop, whatever it is. Rodgers doesn't even have his back foot planted, and there's somebody in his face, if not two people. Sure. Elton Jenkins is a hell of an offensive lineman. He's not a tackle. He is an interior lineman. I'm not sure he's not healthy. That could be Elton the case, Elton Jenkins too. doesn't look healthy because he, he had how many holding calls did he have on? Two or three for sure. And what causes holding calls as a former offensive lineman? Uh, what causes There's a number of things. Um, in Elton Jenkins' case, I think... Truthfully, he was just in bad spots this last week. The two that they really kind of spotlighted, he was in a bad spot where the player just was behind, or, you know, Rodgers was scrambling behind him, or Aaron Jones was running behind him. The defense was smart and kind of hooked themselves, and Elton didn't help himself out. But as as just a general, um, a very general point of view, what causes a holding is when you're beat. When you're beat? Or you're slow to react, right? Right, but that leads to you being beat. Where you're sitting so, there, and you know, especially at tackle, which is what I—I pl- I mean, I played center, I played tackle. Tackle is you—you you know, it's typically where your bigger guy goes because you—you know, you don't right. have to be as fast as your pulling motion. But you also have contain where, especially with you know very basic offenses, you know, we ran a very basic pass first offense, kind of like the Packers do. But, well, I should say run. Very balanced pro-style offense. Sure. That's what we ran in high school. If you're playing tackle and that defensive end or defensive tackle playing end, whatever, is beating you, it's because, you know, to play tackle, you just have to push them out and contain pocket. Right. Right? And if you're playing, if you're doing a toss to your side, you have the, you don't even have to block the guy. You go upfield because you have um, pulse or your backside pull coming towards you. And if it's going the other way, you don't have to do. You can go upfield too. You don't right. have to beat them that bad. You should basically chip them. So to play tackle, granted, at the NFL level, night and day different in terms of speed. But I do agree with you that he is getting exposed because a, I don't think he's a tackle by nature, and I don't. I truthfully, I think that they rushed him back. Not he will never say that. Right. He, you know, he's healthy enough to play at probably. I guess as of right now, he's probably eighty-five percent. Yep. Which is better than a lot of offensive linemen out there in the NFL. Yeah. But it is not doing the job. Well, and I think Bakhtiari is a step slow as well. Bakhtiari and, has looked good, though, as of late. But I think he's still a step slow. Sure. He's, I, he's probably at 90% of what we would expect. Sure. But I don't think that's David Bakhtiari of old either, though. No. I think that's 90% of what David Bakhtiari is in 2022, which is 60 or 70% of what Bakhtiari was. 
I don't know if I'd go that. He's looked good. He's been very... He's graded out very well, which is unbiased and not passing eye test. But I think he's graded out very well, and I think he's passed a lot of eye tests, too. So I'm not going to go as negative on him. So my first step as to what I would say is a big fix is you need... Now that you feel like you probably have David Bakhtiari at at a good enough spot where he can play a full game, moving Yash Nijman to right tackle so you can move Elton Jenkins to either left guard, right guard, and put running at your other guard and get Royce Newman the fuck off the line. Because Royce Newman has no business being in this NFL system. He got benched for a series this last week against the Jets before um, his replacement tore their bicep, I think, or some bicep injury. And then he had to go back into the force. And the only drive that he set up was that two-minute drive when the Packers marched on the field, got the field goal. Does that solve your problem, though? That solves one of your big problems. I don't think it does, though. I would say you also need to add a receiver. Probably two. Probably two, given the depth issues right now where you have Sammy Watkins hurt, coming or hopefully coming off IR soon. You have Christian Watson, who has not been healthy his entire time in Green Bay. It's a hamstring injury. You kind of got to give him the benefit of the doubt long term where, you know, that's a second, essentially a first round pick, but a second round pick where, yes, you know, you let him kind of recoup it. You kind of be cautious now because he has that blazing speed. Amari Rogers is dog shit. Jawan Winfrey is dog shit. You have Alan Lazard, who probably should be receiver three, is playing receiver one. And now Randall Cobb just went down with an injury. I don't, and I, I say this, and I think I'm right when I say this. I don't know if there is a fix without going into a rebuild. See, I think I think if you make those two fixes, one's in-house and one... It sucks that Robbie Anderson got traded this week. I didn't love seeing that. Do I think he is the fix? No. I don't know if there is a true must-get. I've seen but, Chase Claypool's name around. You know, Obviously, Packers are in the OBJ conversation. Uh, but that's been even pushed back from November to December now. But let's be realistic with the situation, though, too. I don't think Aaron comes back next year. I don't know. Didn't I, he just say he wanted to retire? Didn't I just see that this week? I think I, I don't know if I don't think if if you're Aaron Rodgers and you're looking at this roster going forward, I think the defense has been shockingly underwhelming. I don't think that's their own fault, though, either. Okay, but they're not doing anything to help the situation. No, they're not getting they, they're not getting takeaways, which. Would get them off the field. They're playing. They've up to this point where Mason actually pointed this out this last week. They have played a lot of zone, um, which is not helping them out because their zone coverage, especially with they've had you know with the injuries that they've had and the people missing games they have, does not do them any favors. But what I'm saying, right? So we're talking about the same conversation. I'm simply saying that if you look at the defense, their pass rush is okay. Sure, the Rashawn Gary is getting a sack game. Kenny Clark is actually, you know, I know we talked about this last week with Sean and Justin, and um, I had a little sad Justin's not here because Kenny Clark is the highest-graded defensive lineman or one of the highest-graded defensive linemen when it comes to pass rush and run, sure. run defense. That's fine. You can be that, but I'm saying the defense as a whole isn't generating a whole ton of pressure. No, outside of, like, those two guys. And, and they generate pressure once every, what, four or five plays probably? Generate I, pressure I, that's not even getting home. Right. The defensive secondary is okay. Playing right. a lot of zone where the 
their front part isn't helping them out because they're not forcing throws. Right. They're playing zone and they're getting beat on crossing routes again because their communication's off because they're not getting pressure. They're not forcing throws early in the route, and then they're trying to pass off guys mid mid route and. And you could probably make an argument the linebacking core has been spotty. Devonja Campbell's looked okay. I'm not gonna say he's he's looked all right. He's looked the part. Quay Walker has looked the part most of the time. Yep. Um, I would say with Quay Walker, he play. He's got the same thing Eric Stokes has, where he plays almost a little too fast for his own. And he gets lost in coverage sometimes. Right. But that that's to be expected from a young. A first and second year guy, and I'm not so Quay Walker is what Quay Walker is, and I, what you see today from Quay Walker, I think is probably the, what you're gonna see the rest of the year from Quay Walker. I don't sure. see him taking a massive jump anywhere, but he's also not gonna decline either. Mm. Probably not. I think Eric Stokes has kind of declined a little bit. Well, I meant for this season, but oh, right, what you see today is what he's gonna be. I don't know going forward. I think he's fast. I think he has decent play recognition. Decent play recognition. Yeah, right. you got it. I think he's he does what you need him to do. I don't know if he's anything special. So we're talking about a defense that's underperforming. We're talking about a bad offensive line and no weapons. If you're Aaron Rodgers, do you come back to that? Especially if you're already kind of talking like, hey, I don't really know if I want to be here to begin with. Well, it came out last week by someone, this Michael, Balco. Michael Balco. He said, I've spoken to some people within the Packers organization, and they told me that QB Aaron Rodgers has made it clear that he plans to retire the following season. I think I think that sounds right. He seems pretty disconnected at this point. He seems very, like, no energy. He yep. just seems very done. He does. He seemed done last year. I, I'd after, have to agree. Right after that loss to San Francisco, he was done. Well, and it's like it just—it's it, terrible that he's such a mental, like player, that like he lets. Because once he's down in a game, like he doesn't—he gets he's, pissy and he doesn't come back. He's not been the same player since that Aaron Jones fumble in the Tampa Bay game. Yeah, that's true. This season, since, this game, since that fumble of Aaron Jones, he has not been the same player. Right. You know, and I think there's two things, and I I saw a couple things with this. And I don't know if this is part of it being salvageable or not, because I think the things I mentioned, if you get it, if you get a receiver or two, it's salvageable. If you get that offensive line switched around at your best five on the field, I think it's salvageable. He's out of bounds. Um, I think I it's think salvageable. So. But what I, but with Aaron Rodgers, and I am probably the biggest Aaron Rodgers defender on this show, besides maybe Justin. Um, and just as a whole, I'm a very big Aaron Rodgers defender. With him, I think the biggest thing is I, I obviously he's probably giving into frustration, but I think he's trying to play hero ball a little bit too much, you know, with those deep routes and and you can is that good? No. But Aaron at thirty seven, what's going to change at this point? That so we're doing this whole thing with Aaron Rodgers, and this is why Aaron Rodgers' apologists kind of drive me nuts. He's not won anything in 10 years. He's won some MVP trophies, right? But we could make an argument that was just as much Devontae Adams as it was Aaron Rodgers at this point. But the Devontae Adams argument is old. But, Every single, like, but person you could, you, on, like, announcers. What's the difference between the offense this year and last year? 
Well, they're not running well, the ball at all. Right. Well, and Devontae's not there. I get it, but like I'm just so over the Devontae Adams narrative. But I'm, like, so I'm I agree, but if you look at it objectively, right? Aaron Rodgers is not the same player without Devontae in the field. He's not the same player he was last year. No, no. but the eye test. So this is, I think, this, this is, this is. I don't think it's necessarily Devonte Adams. I think it's having a player, and like you said earlier, who can get open at will. But and they don't have that on this roster. But players open at will. There is ten of them in the league, maybe, maybe ten. It's probably closer to eight of guys that can actually open at will. And Devontae is one of those eight. Devontae, well, let me, Justin let me Jefferson, let me Stephon Diggs, Mike can, Evans. Because I don't. Th- I think the Packers have one guy, maybe two, depending on how you feel about Alan Lazard. Dobbs has proven that to this point where he can throw them open. I don't think the Packers have a guy on the active roster right now, counting Randall Cobb's injury because we've seen the relationship with them too. I don't think the Packers have a guy on the active roster who is going to play this Sunday besides maybe Dobbs and I'd probably argue Tunyon. That you can throw open right now. Well, sure, but that's what I'm saying. Where's that? Even OBJ. I don't know if OBJ can just get open at will anymore. Chase Claypool is not your answer. Well, no, but that's that's why I'm rephrasing. But, where it's not open at will. It's they can get open enough for you to throw them open. Are we sure? OBJ's coming off an ACL. Chase Claypool's. Been... I don't know if I don't know if those two are the answer. Those are two that are being thrown okay. around. Sure, but th- so this is what we're talking about. So we're going back to the Aaron Rodgers apologist type thing. Oh, he is in. So we're talking about Aaron Rodgers. This solution isn't going to be in the time frame of him playing in Green Bay. No. Does it beg the question that Devontae made Aaron, though? No. No. Sue, I think it does. I think it does. Because look at at how shitty he's played. I think you can at least say that Aaron Rodgers is a flawed player. Maybe not Devontae was the solving factor of that. But Aaron Rodgers has a flawed player as he can't trust younger receivers. Right. And that's sure. been that's been the conversation that we've had in Green Bay now for a decade. Years. Sure. I would... Aaron doesn't like throwing to young guys. So we're talking about Aaron Rodgers as, and again, this drives me nuts when you try to talk Aaron Rodgers to Tom Brady. Tom Brady makes everybody work. Patrick Mahomes makes everybody work. Josh Allen's making everybody work. The difference, Joe Burrow is making everybody work. So the difference between Aaron Rodgers and those guys is Aaron Rodgers can't take lesser talent and elevate lesser talent versus the other way around. I would, I would only argue that that he can do so in short times. Like we, you know, the Cardinals playing here, that game last night or last year against the Cardinals, he did. But again, that's like a one game, one off. But also, gone are the days where like Aaron Rodgers throws to how many different receivers. Mm-hmm. Like you don't hear that anymore. He's going to his old reliable Cobb, or he's going to Lazard, and those are the only two he throws to. And if Dobbs misses, misses a pass, then he doesn't throw to him the he rest of the game. Them for exactly two quarters. And so, but like we used to hear about Aaron throwing to. Five how guys. many ever different receivers he'd have games throughout he'd the entire like game? Eight or nine guys. Exactly, and he'd like break a record or whatever. And go- gone are the days that you hear about that ever. Well, I'm, I again, I don't have the film study that Mason does, and I'd love to talk to Mason about this because there's a part of that where it actually kind of goes back to Ramsey's thing, though. Are these guys talented enough to get open though? Either Even is the if- scheme failing them? Because one of the issues that we've seen with with this team at times. And we saw it. I, you know, I thought this was a big thing with McCarthy, where the plays that they're running, the scheme that they're running, is failing them. 
where they don't and I'm sure you know they have guys running these routes but if they're not open they're not open you know what I mean like you can have if they're if you don't have a playmaker to get open or a guy who's at least capable enough to make a difference at the NFL level but then we go back to this whole Matt LaFleur conversation, right? Sure. And so I'm, Matt LaFleur is in charge this conversation of the scheme, at this point. And I've been saying this for two years. And every time I say that, I'm like, I'm not so sold on Matt LaFleur. And everyone kind of gives me a weird look. And I'm like, I will. what has he done that makes us think that this guy is something special? He beats the Lions and Bears twice a year. He splits with the Vikings and loses to every coach that's considered better than he is. I will say this about LaFleur here at, we're going into week seven. Um, I will say this. I genuinely think his biggest issue is he gets too narrow-minded in the second and third quarters. And, and when I say that, the game play, you know, you have your scripted plays. You have your first 15 or whatever. Those usually work really well. The two-minute offense, which we even saw this week against the Giant or the Jets, who, you know, that was probably their best drive of the game was that two-minute mm-hmm. drill. You know, I know they ended up scoring a touchdown later in the game, but... They get that two-minute drill where they go down the field to get the field goal to tie the game at halftime. When when they're improvising, when they're going quick, when you can argue it's probably Aaron Rodgers making play calling and not relying on scheme, they're going to old reliables. They're going to out routes to get out of bounds. They had the three timeouts. The offense looked beautiful in that two-minute drive. They looked like they should have, in theory, going into that game, right? So... When I say, you know, and I've been a, you know, when we had this conversation, I'm a big LeFleur defender based on results. But one criticism, and I think you're seeing it amplified this season particularly, those second and third third quarters of the LeFleur era are always rough. And they have been. They continue to be. And there's no reason, if you have, what, a $10 million running back, an all-pro running back, pro bowl running back, that you should be having that at this point. He's getting 13 touches. I think at halftime he had three. Yep. You're not running the ball. You're not being balanced. And then, you know, I love A.J. Dillon. Don't get me wrong. I do. But A.J. Dillon only works because you run Aaron Jones, too. A.J. Dillon's not fast enough to be your lead back. See, I disagree with that, though. I think the the issue that with the A.J. Dillon conversation, and I, I'll say this, is that I don't know if our offensive line suits AJ Dillon's run style. No, they don't, and that's that's another flaw of this team right now. Okay, so but that's what we kind of had this conversation just a second ago. So we're talking about the issues with this team. I don't like I was saying. I don't think any of these can actually be fixed. We have no record of the Green Bay Packers going to grab free agent wide receivers. Pretty much zero, right? Uh, Sammy Watkins the occasional tight end that we pull through the practice squad of somebody else that works for a couple weeks. Right, but that would help. A kick returner. But there's zero evidence that Green Bay is going to grab an outside wide receiver. Zero. There's there's really no reason to believe that that's something that they would do. At this point, the offensive line issues are going to be offensive line issues. See, I don't think they have to be, though. That's where maybe I'm more hopeful. Okay, but regardless, because I think if you, I think it's, a, I really do think it's as simple as moving Yash Nijman to tackle, and putting Elton Jenkins back inside. I sure. think that fixes so many of these issues that we, you know, that we're kind of, you know, the run, the run system gets better, the pass protection gets better. 
you have a little bit more time to throw to these receivers who are still learning the offense and just as devil's advocate though why have they done that yet then i think a big part of it has that they haven't had david bakhtiari play a full game yet okay so they've had they've had yash neishman more in reserve in duty in case bakhtiari you know needs to take a, a possession out which i think i don't know if he took a possession out this last week or not but if that's the case like this needs to happen now so it's coaching yeah, it's coaching, it's it's personnel, and it it's personnel both in the side of who do you have on the field now, and it's personnel in the side of your front office really like drop the ball this offseason, not having a backup option besides two rookie receivers and Sammy Watkins, who's not played a full season in his career. But that goes back to our whole conversation that we had last year about the front office, right? And so that's why I was saying that I don't know if in Aaron Rodgers' career... Now, I think the Packers are going to be good again. Don't get me wrong. I think that there's... The front office is good enough to put a serviceable team on the field. So eventually, they're going to get it right again. Sure. I don't know in the next five years if we're going to have anything close to what we did. And I think that, I think we're to that point where we can probably say that. And who knows? If the Packers come and have a... Six-week stretch where they go undefeated and look awesome, and I look an ass. Great. Well, and and this is just I mean you're you're kind of hoping at this point that this ends up being the case. The year the Packers won the Super Bowl, they were four and six. Right, that, but that team had that team had talent. Talent on it. I don't even see the talent right now. No, I agree. And that's that's where your issue lies. Like I don't even see. I think we're paying David Bakhtiari way too much. I think we're paying. Aaron Jones way too much. I there's some bad Kenny Clark for the most part. I think it's overpaid right now. I he's the best rated defensive tackle, but I bet the best rated defensive tackle to the 16th best defensive tackle is probably not that far. He's so, one of the best. And I think Kenny Clark passes the eye test more often than not. Um Whereas I don't know if a lot of these other guys do right now. Jair Alexander's looked average. Well, at I think times. I think Jair's problem is that they haven't let him play man. Okay, and I think that goes again. That's that's on scheme. But the, we go back to that conversation though of Eric Stokes is traditionally a man defensive back. Rasul Douglas is a traditional man defensive back. Sure. And Jair Alexander is a traditional man. So why are we not playing man then? Because Joe Barry's an idiot. Okay. But I'm just going to say that, like, if, I, if we can see this, there's probably a reason why professionals aren't doing it. I agree, but that's, I think that kind of goes back to the point. I mean, just, again, play devil's advocate. If we can see it, the numbers, you know, you can see on tape. You know, Mason pointed this out on our uh, four plays of Sprangs this last week. The numbers on tape point to wanting to play man. They should play man. The players want to play man. Why are they not? It's because, in my opinion, as of it sits today, going into week seven, I think it's truly just a stubbornness of Joe Barry being too conservative. Okay, then Joe Barry needs to go. I don't disagree with that. I don't, I don't think, you know, I do got to say, I don't know necessarily if, you know, the pe- I think the people, Packer fans on Twitter, and if any of our listeners are one of these, I do apologize. I'm not going to throw anybody under the bus here. I'll throw you under the bus. But Packer fans on Twitter drive me nuts, especially on game days. Um... I think there's a lot of emotion after games, you know, as a, even as a fan. Matt LaFleur being fired in week six is not going to happen. 
No. And firing Joe Barry in week six is not going to happen. Trading David Bakhtiari, trading Aaron Rodgers is not going to happen. And if that's your solution to anything on Twitter, oh, trade him, trade him. First of all, I got to get this out of my system here, too. First of all, for a player to be traded, somebody else has to want them. Now, which Aaron Rodgers, David Bakhtiari, even Aaron Jones, people would want them just based on track record and that they could probably turn it around within a season. Those guys individually. But you remember a couple years ago when like, Ty Montgomery botched that fumble against the Rams? Yep. And he ended up getting traded. But And HaHa Clinton-Dixon ended up getting traded for like a seventh-round pick that was a like, conditional. It didn't even matter. I don't think they even got the pick out of it. You know, you can say trade them, trade them, trade them. People have to want them to trade them. So first of all, there has to be a market. Second of all, that's just that's not the solution for everything. And it just drives Twitter. Uh, Twitter drives me nuts, and I love being a part of it a lot of times. But there's other times where it just is. See, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that because you gotta have a point where you're gonna start rebuilding. And rebuilding, you need draft picks in the you NFL. Do, but and I that's, don't. That's not a week six conversation. Are you sure? I, I mean, I just playing devil's advocate, right? We're talking about this whole thing. Where do you see that this team's going to go? I count four more losses on the schedule before looking at it. I'm not sure they beat Tennessee or Washington. So you could theoretically say six losses. They're an eight and nine team. I guess I'm a little bit more optimistic at this point. And you I'm think not they're sure a playoff team? Because... I don't nine, think they win this division at this point. Nine and eight is probably, you're talking playoff territory. Sure. I don't think this seems anywhere near a playoff conversation. I, I would be willing to say, as of right now, I still think this could be, a, potentially, if they're able to, I guess, like I said, I'm optimistic, but I think this team potentially is a 10 let's just win team. take a look at the schedule real quick. Sure. I, and let's just, we can... I mean, I don't know if this is the right time to unpack this, but why doesn't Wisconsin sports, in general... Brewers, Badgers, whatever. Why don't they make these like monumental decisions? Like, do you why me, don't? Do you want me to tell you why? Yeah, I can tell you why too. I would, you go first. I'll tell you. Because I truly, I truly don't know. And maybe the average fan doesn't. Why doesn't Wisconsin sports make monumental things? Because for a lot of teams, especially you know, we've been spoiled. Our generation specifically has been spoiled. Oh, sure, I agree. And when I say that. We have teams like the Packers, even as recent as 2003 or 2002, were potentially going to have to close shop if they went to turn Lambeau Field into a all-year-round facility with the atrium, the Hall of Fame, etc. The Brewers, for the majority of our or of their existence, their 52 years of existence, have been a terrible baseball team. The Badgers had some terrible teams. The Bucks have been terrible for most of our our generation, etc. So, with that said, a lot of the case here is that they are more content being a business where they are good enough to be relevant, good enough to keep you on the edge, usually have a winning season, even if that doesn't mean, you know, for the Brewers, it didn't mean the playoffs this year, but they still were 11, 10 and 11 games above 500. They were good enough. They wanted to be good enough to be relevant because you see, you know, Kansas City is probably the best example outside the Chiefs. But even with the Chiefs, a lot of these cities, especially the, like the Kansas City Royals, smaller, you see it most in baseball, where these mid, these mid market, these small market teams, they go through high highs and really low lows. They are trying these teams around us, the Badgers, Packers, Brewers, Bucks, are trying so hard. To hold on to relevancy so they don't have that crash. So then why don't they make money moves? 
Because money moves have long-term consequences. Nope. Look at the Patriots where they were, what, picking 12th when they got Mac Jones? Mm-hmm. Because they had sold out. They had pushed everything back for so far. And ultimately, we're probably going to be at that with the Packers at some point. But they push back so far. They sell their future. Like, even the Brewers... You know, baseball's a little bit more forgiving if you get the right prospects. You can kind of spend some money. There's not a salary cap. But you get to a point where you can only go so much higher, and eventually it's going to have to crash down. That's just sports as a whole. Right. But, like, you see these teams that are doing what the Packers, Bucks, Brewers, I mean, any Wisconsin team, they we never do it. We never go and make the ballsy move and pick up somebody midseason. We because never go that, and do any of that. To do that, you're going to suffer down the road. They don't want to suffer down the road. But they're, why are we they being are such why are we being such like heady teams when these teams other teams that they are want, winning put it all on the line to win and then they win. Why don't they we want do that? The brand to be more relevant for ten years and maybe win one championship well, dumb. or be around one championship over the course of 15 then be amazing for three and crash for four. Well, that's stupid. And in general. So, Eric, that, that's what I was going to say. So, we're on the same page. I agree 100%. In general speak, and especially you talk about start talking about Midwestern teams. Well, just small market. You can go across the country. Just but. Midwestern. Midwestern has a value of... I would rather put money in my 401k than go buy the Ferrari. I suppose. I'm going to save money for the end. So teams take personality because obviously their ownership group or owner or Team people, president. whoever's involved. Board of directors. Is from the area, right? Sure. Like we have people from the Midwest running the Green Bay Packers. Yeah. They are more content to put money away for later and like Eric was saying, be relevant right. versus going and buying the Ferrari and showing off for a little while. Sure. And that is, in my opinion, a major flaw. Yeah. I think that you got to live life a little bit, right? And right. that's that's where it's frustrating for sports fans of Midwestern teams, especially is that you don't have that L.A. look of, oh, we're going to go get six players and we're going to make a run at this. Right. And, well, and you almost waste your MVPs. I mean, well, you look at you look at Yelich, you look at Giannis, you look at Rodgers, you look at because we're not going and getting these MVPs or not even MVPs, but you're, you're not going and getting, like, to your point, Ferraris. We're not doing that. We're wasting our own MVPs that we have. And Eric said it perfectly. They're, we're, they're okay with wasting it because they're relevant. Because, and like Eric said too, just a second ago, and this is very much the case, is that we were we were extremely spoiled for having relevant teams. Oh, sure. There was a stretch from 1970, 1970 to 1992. 92. They had one winning season for Oh, the yeah. And I mean, like, I, I mean, I know. Like, I talked to my dad or even my grandpa, and they're like, yeah, you have it easy, you know. What we are seeing right now, and I saw this on Twitter. This is actually a really good take on Twitter. What we are seeing this season, these last, even these last two games, or these last three games, counting the win against the Patriots. Yep. What we are seeing these last three games is what like our parents dealt with for the better part of two decades. Oh sure, and we got Twitter, and we can you know bark about it where they had to you know call each other on the landline, but still. 
and that's the so that's the that's the age old conversation. That's what I've been saying for years. Yeah, go for it. You have the MVP because and the, the other thing that for whatever reason the Green Bay Packers think they're going to draft another quarterback that's going to be special. Right. They got lucky twice. They got lucky twice on two people that arguably at the time should not have been what they were. Sure. Aaron Rodgers should not be what he was today. Aaron Rodgers should have been there for the Packers to pick. Right. Let's be real. And Brett Favre was just a shot in the dark. And he just happened to hit the right situation at the right time. So then, like, if... Okay. So then I guess my next question is, if we're sitting here, just three average Joes, you know, and we see this, then why do, like, our managers... Not, I get that they're they're okay being content and you, you know whatever. The short reason, but like, why are they like you're wasting your your good picks? Because they don't care. They they are more concerned about their job security for the next yep. five years, ten years, where they leave on their own terms, yep. rather than getting fired that's because annoying. they went too ballsy. Because these super teams don't always win. No, they like, don't. That's, that's where you can look at. Uh, they do though. They don't though. But you look Kansas at, City, look at Tom Brady. Tampa Bay, the Rams. They do. That's the thing. They do when you have to be committed to go all in. And that's you have but you have to be committed. And right. that's so the Eagles weren't all the way committed. Because they were talking remember when the Eagles had that team with like Vince Young. Yeah, and, Chip, the Chip Kelly allowed Eagles. And, right. That was the conversation. They weren't fully all in because they were still talking about what we're doing now. The Rams last year were all in. Kansas City the year before, or Tampa Bay the year before that was all in. Kansas City the year before that was all in. Sure. Ta- or but, New England before that was all in. But the track record as a whole. It's high. It's higher than what you think, but you have to be all in. And the Green Bay Packers organization as a whole has not been all in. They haven't been all in since 2010. Well, I think it's so many of them, like some of them want to go all in, and you can see it, and some of them are not. And I think that that's just... I think it's crappy. Well, and the other thing, too, and this is something that a lot of people don't realize on how hard it is to win a football game. Not even ta- just if you show up on Sunday, we've been, Saturday we've been spoiled oh, with what we've been sure. saying. It is incredibly hard to win in the NFL because everyone in the NFL is a professional football player. Right. Right. So everyone wants it just as bad as the next guy does. Where when you start talking about lower levels, like college and even high school levels, more talented teams will win pretty much regardless of the fact. But by the time you actually get to the NFL, the you margin... You have the best of the best of the best. That's every high school's best player ever. Well, it's very that's every filtered. Co- that's every college's one of their best players ever. Yep. Right. So by the time you actually get to the NFL, you're talking about such a... Elite. ...group of guys. Yeah. It's kind of the conversation we had earlier, right? The the jump between me to Aaron Rodgers is a million years. The jump between me and the average high school quarterback isn't that far. Yeah, there. So we talked about this on the pre-show. I I don't know 100 percent if this was who it was, but I I'm pretty confident it was Brian Scalabrini. It was a former NBA player who said, "I am closer to Michael Jordan than you are closer to me." And Brian Scalabrini had a very uneventful career. Um, the White Mamba. Yeah. But he had a he had a decent NBA career for you know he made a career he made a nickname yep. we still talk about him but the average even than your average like D three college player you know like they the worst NBA player even the worst probably Division one player is closer to that NBA level guy 
than any of the three of us are. Well, and just think or that, that we are closer to them. Just think about your, just think about high school, right? Think about the best player in high school. Sure. What did they do after playing high school ball? The best one. The best one you saw. Mine, I believe, is now a snowboarding instructor. Mine was Chad Stralo. He went to play D2 and sat the bench for four years. Mine was Nick Krause. He played Division Two, I believe, as well for uh, Northern Michigan. Was a preseason All-American towards ACL. Right. His senior year. And that is the so that's the best player I was around. Although the best player I saw in high school was Sam Decker. He's playing overseas. I went and watched him a couple times, but but he can, I suppose he can barely make the lead. Yeah, and that's probably the one of the best players to ever played in our state. Him and let Melvin, alone him and Melvin Gordon. Yeah. So and these guys are people you're talking about as backups. Like they're they're not play they're playing in the league as backups. Melvin Gordon had a stretch where he was a starter, but yeah, same thing with Sam Decker. Same thing with like you know I love him death keeper. Keeper Sykes, Frank Kaminsky, um, Alfonso McKinney. Some of these guys that you you know you can see the, the talent between them. Like you know, and I said this, I've been lucky enough to see LeBron James play on the court one time in my life, like in person. I went to a Cavs Bucks game the year after the Cavs won the titles. Twenty, it was winter of twenty sixteen, going into twenty seventeen season. When you watched that game, it was you know Kyrie, Kevin Love, LeBron, mm-hmm. Giannis, and Middleton. The difference in that talent between, like, LeBron, where he is clearly the best player on the floor, there's no questions. Giannis is probably up there. Kyrie was up there. And there is such a huge talent gap even after that. Kevin Love was up there, too. Don't get me wrong. i big Kevin Love guy. But the gap after that to, like, the guy on the bench is so huge. Yep. But the gap between that guy versus even, like, your average D1 college basketball player, college, you know, in this case we're talking basketball, that gap is huge. The gap, yeah, the gap to making the league, and that's something that I think with especially social media, people don't quite understand how good these players are. So Green Bay winning on Sunday is a big deal. Like just winning a game in the NFL is a big deal. Winning 10, winning 13 like we saw the last three years. spoiled. And I, I agree with Shauna where I would say I would also be frustrated in saying it's dumb that we waste talent the way we have. Right. Because we wasted 90% of Brett Favre's career and we wasted almost 100 of Aaron Rodgers. Sure. Absolutely. And the fact that we were fortunate enough to play with two of the top 15 quarterbacks of all time. Right. You can probably put them both in the top 10. Of all time, and we have two Super Bowls to show for it. Three appearances, two wins. Two wins. Well, it's like if you play the what-if game. You know, okay, so what if Aaron Rodgers goes to a different team and he gets surrounded by, you know, again, a team that's all in, right, that wants to win, that's all in. How many rings does that give Aaron Rodgers? No more than what he already has. And I'll say this, just because Aaron Rodgers is... People give Aaron Rodgers a lot more credit than I think Aaron deserves. I think Aaron happened to get Mike McCarthy at the perfect time. Sure. I also think that Aaron happened to get Matt LaFleur at the perfect time as well. Sure. So I think Aaron's career is considerably elevated by stuff around him versus Aaron elevating other people. I I think that's a... I know people that's going to be a... 
hot I'd take. probably disagree with that, but I would disagree with that for the reason that I think Mike McCarthy had two good, two or three good years in Green Bay. Sure, but that left to Aaron Rodgers Super Bowl. One of them did. That's but that's what I'm saying is that Aaron Rodgers is probably lucky to get that Super Bowl, and he got that one because he wasn't the leader on that team. Aaron Rodgers, as soon as he got rid of people like Charles Woodson and Jordy Nelson and Greg Jennings and some of those more vocal, the more vocal guys at the time, hasn't done anything since since it's been his team. He's won some MVPs. He's put up some decent statistical numbers. But like I said earlier in the show, he's going to get whitewashed by the guys that are around him. Right. <clears throat> he is. I don't it, know. Because who... Let's, let's be real. Aaron, I don't think, was better than Peyton Manning. And I don't think Aaron's better than Tom Brady. I don't think Aaron's better than Josh Allen. And I don't think Aaron's better than Patrick Mahomes. So you're going to go the two people, the two decades that were around him that were dominated by those four players, are Aaron's going to be sucked in the middle. And he's going to be looked at as the guy that underachieved. Right. I'd have to agree. I think so. Because you look at, like, like Ramsey just said, He's got greatness on the front of him, and he's got greatness behind him. And that's a, he's going to get lost, which is unfortunate because yep. he is a good player. I think. Um, Have you ever went back and looked at some of those like nineteen seventies league MVPs? And you're like, I don't even know who that is, right? That's Aaron that's going to be Aaron Rodgers in fifty years. That's a possibility. I will concede that side of it. I don't know if I agree with it, but I would. I would maybe concede it just for the sake of conversation here. Okay, I do have to say, which I find very interesting. So I have, I'm a school teacher. I go outside for recess and the kids play football every day, right? When we were growing up, everybody wanted to be Aaron Rodgers. And there was like no question. Like you'd be like, oh yeah, I'm Aaron Rodgers. The kids on the playground call themselves either Pat Mahomes or Josh Allen. It's because they're cool. But I think that speaks volumes though. Because everybody wants to, when we grew up, everyone wanted to be Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady. And there are still a few kids that are like, okay, Tom Brady, whatever. But Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen, which again, they're the younger ones, I know. But like, it speaks volumes because, I mean, the Kobe thing, that was, I don't know. I just think it's interesting. Kobe's, okay, so Kobe. He's an anomaly, I guess. No, no, Kobe died. And Kobe's remembered a lot better for dying than he is for what he did actually on the court. Right. But, I mean, like, you throw something in the garbage can and that's what you yelled. Right? Yeah, but Kobe, it's also kind of known because Kobe was missing stuff. Right. But I'm just I'm just saying, like, I think it's very interesting that I, I teach at a Green Bay school. Like, we are a mile away from Lambeau. And the kids don't want to be Aaron Rodgers. That's because Aaron Rodgers isn't cool. I, to that I don't conversation. Know about that, I think Aaron Rodgers is like the coolest guy. I don't think so. I think I think that that's to this it speaks volumes that the kids don't want to be Aaron Rodgers because he's not good. To this conversation, Aaron Rodgers is old. These kids are so much more concerned with the guy they see playing Twitch games or playing, you know, who are having active social media presences. Yeah, but kids spot stuff early, though. Right. And, I and think- I'm sure you've seen that, Shauna, with... And I even saw that... So Mel the other day. She was... Mel is now doing student teaching, right? Mm-hmm. I forget what the app was. Like, What's Up app What's or something? App? Whatever. I don't know what it is. But she had sophomores, right? So sophomores would be... 20. College sophomores. College sophomores, 20 years old. Yep. 
they were talking about stuff that Mel goes, what are you talking about? Yep. Like, so, and that shows you, kids are on top of trends before anyone else. Right. Right. Kids see it early. So kids see Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes and go, okay, that's the best two quarterbacks in the league. They're dealing. And I mean, that's the other thing. So even, even taking that out of the situation, you ask a kid right now, today, who's the best quarterback? And they don't say Aaron Rodgers. And it was a no-brainer when we were growing up, Aaron Rodgers or, you know, Brett F- whatever. And everyone wanted to be a Packer. None of the kids, and that's the other thing that I find interesting as well. They name their teams, right? None of them are the Packers. But when we were growing up, consistently, there was always a team that was the Packers. So I think it's interesting. It's because the Packers that- aren't cool. And they're having a down year. The pack, you know, this really kind of goes back to that conversation we were just having. The Packers aren't sexy. They don't do the, you know, they don't buy the Ferrari. They put the 401k. They open the Title Town District. Right. They open the stadium up for the Hall of Fame in the 1919 restaurant, the pro shop. They're not sexy. They're they're functional. They are relevant. Andy Dalton just threw a third interception. <laughs> but I That's just, another pick six, Like too. I said, I just think it's interesting that... None of the kids, like, cause, cause, like I said, we are. I am a mile away from Lambo. We can see Lambo from our playground, and none of them are like inspired by the team. Well, I would say this though too, and I the only other com I think on this end of things is that the Packers are just, like I said, they're not sexy because they've been good for so long in these kids' lives that, but they don't win flashy. They're not. Patrick Mahomes is flashy. No, Patrick Mahomes might be the best quarterback of all time. Josh Allen might be the best quarterback. Is one of, of the all better time. quarterbacks. But the Bills are they're fun. They have crazy Bills mafia. They're not, you know, your average forty year old guy getting drunk on Sunday morning and <laughs> which are ninety eight percent of Packer fans. They're not like I said, they're just they're they win games in these kids' lives. You know, your kids were ten. Yeah. They've won games. They have, you know, these kids are just old enough to have been alive for the, no, they're not even alive for the Super Bowl. No. But they're just old enough to, like, know that the Packers are good. And then they, you know, they fall apart in the postseason. But they're not sexy. Right. And they're, they're relevant, but they're not sexy. All they're, I'm saying is it's interesting to me because I grew up in a town 50 miles away from the Green Bay. And everything was Packers. Even last year, like the 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 kids were they were the Packers. They were Air Rodgers. The hype was all of them. This year, there's nothing about them that excites the kids. I wouldn't they, be excited either, to be honest. No, with you. I mean, and the, but like I said, I think that that's an interesting thing. Is that growing up, we you I don't have know that difference. You have that difference. Is that the Packers have fallen so far? I don't know. And maybe we're overreacting to it. I think that, I think that's part of it. Weeks. I don't necessarily know if that's true though. I don't, I don't. I think we're overreacting to a frustrating stretch that kind of culminates with last postseason and has not really gotten like therapeutically better since then. So we've really had, and nor will it. We've had since January. We're sitting here October twentieth. So we've really had ten months. Of basically having a Average. good win, and that was the Tampa Bay game. That game was ugly as shit, but it was still, you know, it was Tampa Bay. They beat Tom Brady, so we've had ten weeks of stand, you know, ten months, excuse me, of being like, man, 
this sucks. You know what I mean? Like, it's just been that aggressively average, unsexy football that just is a little bit of a pain in the ass. We're just not used to it, I guess. We're spoiled. We're That's spoiled. what it comes down we've to. We've been spoiled. And I think, like I said, I think a lot of it is probably overreacting. I think there's reasons for optimism, but at the same time, it's like, oh, man. The, you can also see, like, the writing on the wall where if something doesn't change quick, or a couple things don't change quick... We're headed this down. could go downhill quick. I, and that's that's why, Shauna, to answer your question, how it started this whole thing, <laughs> why the Packers don't buy the Ferrari. They should, And they've kind of gotten to a point where they bought what they thought was a Ferrari, and it was a Ferrari. They've <laughs> never bought a Ferrari. They tried to. Who? I would say when they went and made all the acquisitions before after the 2018, the first LeFleur season, 2018 season, they've, you know, they get to the NFC Championship game two years in a row, They've tried. They've pushed out all these salaries, you know, with these different cap hits and stuff like that. They've, you know, they, they've tried. They've done it a very crappy way. They didn't get the name. They didn't get the, again, they didn't get the sexy name, which they should have, hundred percent. But they never. I don't do. disagree. But they didn't. So now we're sitting here in a position where, you know, we're sitting here and the collapse is on the radar. We're not there yet, but it's on the horizon where you can see that, the, you know, the old Robert Frost, the two roads diverge. You can see one path and you can see how to potentially fix it, but you can see both of them. I don't think so. I think it's nothing but I don't think there's fixing this team as, as the way they're currently constructed. I don't see a fix. Yeah, I don't know. All right, so we've talked enough Packers. We had our Packer therapy. Let's pick some games. No, the Thursday night game is underway already. Um, I'm going to pick uh, Arizona. Cardinals. I, also, I was also picking Arizona because we, we had these picks down before the game. Totally. So I know that Sean was on the Cardinals, and I'm, I'm going to give Justin the benefit of the doubt because he never sent any. Um, actually, we're not going to count Justin's game. So, But I know Sean had the Cardinals. I know I had the Cardinals. Uh, can we go over last week's picks? Cause... Yeah, yeah. So before we get into this week's, I uh, gotta go through the standings. Shauna is the only one with a winning record. Woo! She is forty and thirty-eight, coming off of an eleven and seven week. Hell yeah! Justin also had an eleven and seven week where he had a winning record, but he is still, uh, I believe, he's actually technically in second now. He's at thirty-eight and forty-one. Below five hundred doesn't matter. Uh, Sean is, or Ramsey is at thirty-three and forty-two. Sean is, or Sean's at 35-49. I'm at 31-48. So I've been steamrolling all of the Root for Wisconsin show in picks. Uh, Sean, the, the phrase is running train. Oh, what did I say? <laughs> steamrolling. Well, same freaking thing. They are not they the are same diff- thing. They are vastly different. Do We're, not. Just, what's running train? We, we are not. This is. No. Okay. No. Never mind. So for running train. No, 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 no. I'll tell you after the pod. There okay. we go. It's not a very positive phrase. Okay, well, I well, the, the positive are. phrase, I will say I have steamrolled you guys in picks. There you go. And I pick whichever team I like their colors the best, probably. So you guys are losing to a girl that has no strategy. <laughs> what happened last week in the Root for Wisconsin fantasy? That... Shams also nothing won. to do with anything. All right, Eric, run the picks. All right, so 
we were all on Cardinals, um, so I'll give us all what looks like at this point probably going to be a free win um, because we didn't technically do it before, but I'm pretty sure we had this on paper. So we'll give us, except Justin, because Justin never sent picks. Um, we're giving Justin the win, too. No, we're not. No, we're not. I'm Secretary Sean. I do what I want. She does do what she wants. That, that, is, that, that adds out. That That's true. All right. That comes out there. Yeah. So then we get into the Sunday action, and we'll do Packers at Commanders. And the Packers are opening this one up as a – or not even opening this up. I think they opened as a touchdown favorite. As of today, they're a four-and-a-half-point favorite. Rams, I'll let you leave this off. Uh, give me the Commanders there, E-Fish. I'm going Commanders. I am going to regretfully pick the Packers. I believe, I I don't want to put words in Sean's mouth. We'll get his picks after because I deleted his by accident, or I didn't delete his. He said I sent him on Snapchat, but didn't save, so that's on me. And Justin hasn't sent picks in, so um, he does not have a pick in at this point. So the next game, we'll go Falcons at Bengals. Cincinnati is a six and a half point favorite. Shauna, you go first. Me? Yes. Always Joey B. Rams? Give me uh, Big Daddy Joe. I'm going to go with the Falcons to cover. I think the Bengals win outright on that one, but I think the Falcons will cover this. The Bengals might be the best team in football right now. Yeah. They might be. They might be the best team in football. Who's favored? The Bengals are favored by six and a half. Okay. I love these black Arizona helmets. They are I do too. The tint dope. of red with the, like, the spread. Arizona looks good. Uh, next game, Lions at Cowboys. Dallas is a seven-point favorite. Lions at Cowboys? Lions at Cowboys. Lions are, or Dallas is a seven-point favorite. Give me the Motor City Madman. MCDC? Danny Campbell. Eric? I'm going to go with the Cowboys to cover. I think I'm also going Lions. Something about that uh, hard knocks that really made me. The hard knocks effect is real. They... I want, I want to be on the side of this with you guys. I think Detroit is a lot better than that one and four record they have. They're coming off a bye. Detroit plays everybody tough. That's why that that seven point that makes me nervous just because they do play. They play tough. Yeah, they also, everybody. They tough. also lost before the bye, twenty nine to nothing against the Patriots. That's the Bill Belichick effect. I don't have that much faith in Mike McCarthy. Or uh, Daddy Dak, for that matter. I know I can't pit, I can't switch because when we're, you know, we've kind of established that. Yep. I would probably lean towards switching this one after kind of looking at some of these numbers, but I'm not going to. I'm going to stay with the Cowboys. Uh, Colts at Titans, and Tennessee is favored by two and a half. I'm going to go with the Titans to cover that. I'm going to take the Colts. I'm going to take the. Bucks at Panthers. Pan- uh, the Bucks are an eleven-point favorite. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was gonna say shocker. Ramsey uh, picks Bucks. Give me Tampa Bay. Always. I'm also going Tampa Bay in this one. Never going with my baby Tom. I hope I move in with him soon. This is terrible, but I think I'm going Bucks too. You hesitate though, Ramsey. That's the first time I think you've hesitated with Tom Brady. On Tommy, eleven's a fucking lot. That's, That's a, a lot big of that points. That is a lot. But the Panthers are 
dog shit. If right I now. ever they just traded their like best offensive weapons. Besides- if I ever seen eleven point spread, if it wasn't Tom, I'm taking the eleven points. Yeah. All right. Next game here, we've got the Giants at the Jags. The Jags are a three point favorite at home, which we know is basically a pick 'em then because you typically get three for just being at home. But um, so three points for Jacksonville. Give me the Jacksonville. I'm going Giants. Brian Dable. That's the Giants coach. Ah. I'm also going with the Giants. I, I don't want to pick against them here. I I want to pick the Jags, but I'm going to go with the Giants. All right. Next game, we've got Browns at Ravens. Baltimore, six and a half points. I'm going to go... I think Ravens are going to cover that. I don't. I am not sold on anything in Cleveland right now, other than that running back core. I am also going to take Baltimore. Same. All right. Next game, Jets at Broncos. Broncos are somehow a one-point favorite. Give me the Jets in this one. I'm going Jets, too. I'm going to take Broncos. Russell Wilson after you just yeah, you shit got on him, him earlier this episode. I shit on him. I don't like Russell Wilson. However, they play everybody tight. Their defense is good enough to keep them in games. They have played everybody tight. I just don't believe that their offense is good enough to keep up to score. Uh, well, what makes you think that the Jets do? Well, I saw that they had, you know, I like Brees Hall a lot. Brees Hall's a stud. And I I like you know, Corey Davis has been good. Um, I l- don't think anyone can top Garrett Wilson out of that Denver secondary. Like, Jagger kind of pretty much shut him down this last week for what it's worth. But I think Brees Hall being just good enough is going to lead this team and kind of shut down the Broncos. And, again, when it's a one-point spread, basically a pick em. Give me the Jets. Uh, next game, Texans at Raiders. The Raiders are a seven-point favorite. A battle of the one-win teams. Seven points. Seven points. <sighs> this one's tough. This is an ugly game. I'm, I'm going to nominate this for ugly game of the week. Um, Shawnee, you can go first on this one. <sighs> There's no pretty colors. There's yeah, no one. damn it. There's like <laughs> nothing to go off of. Um... Who's the 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 quarterback for the Texans? Dougie Mills. Who's the quarterback for the Raiders? Carr. The Raiders what? are coming off a bye too. What's the spread? Six. You said seven. Give me Las yeah. Vegas yeah, seven, Raiders seven. and my boy Tay. Seven. Sorry. I'm going Texans. I'm going with the Raiders. They're coming off a bye. I don't. I mean, maybe the Texans are too. I don't know. But anyway, I feel like Houston has a football team. Yeah, they're not good. They're what probably like the seventh best team in that state right now. Not literally, you know. Obviously, they probably beat the college teams, but like, they're the seventh most relevant team. Like, there's probably a couple high school teams above them. Yeah, yeah, probably. Uh, okay, next game: Seahawks at Chargers. Chargers are a five-point favorite. I'm gonna go with the Chargers. I'm gonna take the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, I'm also going Chargers. America's Game of the Week. We got the Chiefs at 49ers. Uh, Chiefs are opening as a two and a half, or not opening, but they're at a two and a half point favorite right now. 
Okay, you're going to need to slow down, dude. Okay, Chiefs, Chiefs 49ers. Chiefs favored two and a half. Okay, I'm caught back up. Thank you. Rams, what do you think? 49ers. Interesting. I'm going Chiefs. I think the 49ers might have the best team in the league. You said about like three teams in this conversation. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you going, Eric? Give me the 49ers to cover this. All right. Starting night football, we've got Steelers at Dolphins. Miami's a seven-point favorite. Cause that is Sunday night football. That is weird. But seven give, point Miami. Yes, give me the Dolphins to cover that. I believe two was a go. These I'll are take, shitty games. I'll take the I, I do think two is playing. So yes, as of it uh, looks like. Um, ESPN is reporting he's playing this week. All right. Well, I'll take the Dolphins then. Monday Night Football, probably the second ugliest game of the week, is Bears at Patriots. New England is a seven and a half point favorite. Give me New England. Um, seven and a half points. That's a big spread, but we've also seen. I'm going to go with the Patriots to cover that. I don't like that. If this was like a four-point spread, this would be a lot easier. But I'm going Bears. Why are these games so crappy this week? Uh, I don't feel good about that one. Uh, there's a couple of games this week I don't feel good about. Okay, college games. Um, what did I send here? We're picking four? Picking four college games. We will start with number 14, Syracuse at 6-0 and versus number 5, Clemson. Got all that? Syracuse, Clemson, in Clemson. Clemson is a 13.5 point favorite. Jesus. I don't even know either one of these teams. Uh, give me Clemson. I'm also going Clemson. Syracuse is orange, right? They're both orange. Yeah. Isn't Clemson? I thought Clemson was purple Syracuse, and gold. No, they're purple and orange. Such a clash. <laughs> I'll go Clemson, too. All right. All right. Next game I had picked out here was number 9 UCLA at number 10 Oregon. And that is Oregon by 6. I'm going Oregon. UCLA. Give me the Bruins. UCLA. Okay. I knew that they were the Oregon Ducks, so I should have. <laughs> All right. Purdue, Wisconsin. Uh, Wisconsin is a was a two-point favorite. Let me just double-check to make sure that's still current. They still are. Two, two and a half. Two and a half. Um... It's at home. Give me Wisconsin to cover. That's a homecoming game. I'll take the Badgers. I don't feel good about it. I'm going Wisco too. I think Sean. I remember this one. I think Sean had Purdue. And then our last college game, just to throw a monkey wrench and everything. 
You ready for the Shauna? You're not going to mm. know any of these two schools. Yep. Marshall at 3-3, three and three, hosting the previously ranked, no more ranked, James Madison. I don't even know what their mascot is. They're at 5-1. and one. James Madison is a 13-point favorite. Okay, first of all, don't insult me because Marshall is in Minnesota. It is not Minnesota. Yeah. It's in West Virginia. Okay, never mind. Insult me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, all right. Isn't James Madison not that way, too? I'd have to assume so because we're kind of in conference play at this point, but... The I believe this is a Conference USA matchup. Let me double check. The James Madison Dukes. Give me James Madison. Yeah, same. They are gold and, or purple and white. Oh. And I gold. Like, I do like purple, white, and gold. Yep, I'm a purple and gold alma mater as well. For that reason, I cannot pick them. No, I'm, I'm going to go with uh, Thunder and Herd. Oh, red and black. No, I think you guys are red right. Red and black, I bleed. How original. Yeah. I think you guys are right, but I just got to. We are Marshall, man. All right, which leads us to closing time. Just to wrap up here, we talk about our dive bar of the week. Ramsey, you haven't been on for a while. What do you got for a dive bar for us? You got any, any good recommendations here? It doesn't have to be a dive bar. We kind of switched to bar of the week, but bar of the week, uh, Plank Road, to Pierre, Wisconsin. Love me some Plank Road. Excellent ambiance. They have um, excellent food. Their mac and cheese is amazing. They have an awesome outside bar. They have a jukebox. It's a good time. How come I've never been to Plank Road? You never asked to go. It's true. Okay. Well, let's go. So Plank Road for our Google review quick. 4.4 stars on Google. Um, Let's see. what Look at some of the best reviews here. Um, First one here that I'm seeing from Tiana. My husband and I had great experience while sitting at the bar on Wednesday afternoon. The bartender was clearly very busy, but made time for every patron equally. We never felt uncared for. We will definitely come back here again when we are in town. Um, as Ramsey said, another five-star review here. Check out the outdoor seating. The food is very tasty. I can't wait to try the salmon. But the Korean barbecue wings were great. The ranch is tasty and unique. Uh, a couple other ones here. Um, great place to eat, especially for Friday fish. Love the outdoor seating. Waitress was great. Always had a smile to go with her great personality. For sure, we'll be back. Uh, wonderful bar food. Another one here. Wonderful bar food. Outstanding service on top of that. The establishment is rather large, and as others have pointed out, they also have that outdoor patio. Order the appetizer platter, which was super delicious and filling. In addition, our server was extremely friendly and humorous. Drink prices are a little more than I would have liked, but overall, the experience was worth it. Yelp is raving about the wings. I'm a wing connoisseur, so I'd like to go try these wings. Should we go there tomorrow? Maybe. Yeah, Plank Road's good food. Ramsey said the ambiance, the seating, can't miss. Allison, your Fred, the bartender there. We're friends on Snapchat. Nice. Nice. Ramsey used to frequent Plank Road back in the day. I him used and, to. Him and loyal listener Josh. So shout out Josh, shout out Plank Road. That is our closing time bar of the week. And all that's left to really do at this point is talk about what we're rooting for in the upcoming week. And Ramsey, I'll let you go first. Hmm. <laughs> Uh, Homestead should be a pretty decent NASCAR race. Um, I'm not playing any route for Wisconsin people in fantasy, so I can't root for that. A Homestead NASCAR should be a decent race. All right, Shauna? 
Um, rooting for something unsports related. I'm rooting for getting through the next week of work. I got parent-teacher conferences two nights next week. We got trunk or treat. It's Halloween. Pray for me. That's all. <laughs> what is trunk or treat? Uh, you decorate your car, and then the kids go and trick or treat. Like instead of going house to house, it's like in a parking lot, and it's like safe kind of thing. See, I miss the days when you almost got drugs in your candy. Like, you know how much better that was? We didn't ever get drugs in our candy. There was the threat of drugs. But hold on. Your parents had to check it. Your parents had to go through, and they were always worried about, like, people drugging candy and having razor blades. Tom and Kelly, go on the record, never check my candy. I don't think my mom Was Jody a candy checker? No, and the reason she wasn't was because the only houses we went to were people that she knew. We did not go door to door. I wish I got drugs in my candy. That would have been so much cooler. See, here's the, and I, you know, I know that there's people who do this. Like, this is a legitimate-ish thing. Not really, though. <laughs> but hear me out. Where I'm going with this, most people who are going to, like, be in the drug world are not just giving that shit for free. No. Yeah. But then there's always, like, there's there's just enough for it to be a threat. And there's the idiots who put, like, razor blades. Or, yeah, like, like needles or needles something or whatever. Or whatever. And yeah, but if I chomped on a needle, I'd be like, oh, let me take this needle in my mouth. I'm not going to swallow a goddamn no, needle. No, but like they put their candy thing out and then they put razor blades in it so that when you dig in to get the candy, then you, your hand gets all cut. I'm not a fucking pussy. I just fucking. Super <laughs> <laughs> shut and let's go. They're like six. That's not my fault. Oh, my goodness. Anyways, oh, like I said, we got a busy week next week. It's going to be. Ugh. Yeah, I've I've always been confused by the drug thing with the the razor blade thing. And I wish I got drugs in my handy. Like, no one's just giving that for free. Are we podcasting on Monday? Yes. I will not be attending because I will be at Trunk or Treat. Not to go as live up. Dressed up as David Bakhtiari, because <laughs> we're doing a tailgate. Can we theme. stop at Trunk or Treat? Can we? I don't it's think that's open to the public. I don't think so. What do you mean? What time are you doing it? It's closed to the public. Actually, you have to like pay to get in. Well, can we come out with you though? No. Yeah, how much, how much is, is it? it? I can't tell you. I'll just buy a spot. No. Can Ramsey and I decorate a car? No. <laughs> Can we do the podcast live? Yeah, let's do the podcast live from, from Trunk or Treat. <laughs> We're here at Trunk or Treat. We can't have beer, though. That's Monday, it. Monday, Monday. <laughs> <laughs> you guys will be busy in De Pere, and I will be busy at Trunk or Treat. Why are you mm. not telling us how much Trunk or Treat? It can't be that much, then. Cause you know I'll buy it. <laughs> it can't be. It can't be anything that's. I know. This um, is a school fundraiser. Yes, like they're breaking a, the bank. Well, it's a school thing here, so I don't know that the 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 Root for Wisconsin podcast is great for yeah, a Ramsey school just, function. Ramsey literally just called six year olds pussies. Yeah, and then he's like, "Well, I wish I had drugs in my candy." Like. What do you mean? Track record states else. We also have book fair next week, by the way. Are you looking it up? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Eric. I love the book fair. Can we come yeah. to the book fair? No. Why am I not allowed to come to your work? I, dude, I'm not even allowed. Have a child in in the school and no. you can come to the work. We're engaged. I'm not even allowed. Are you Are you ashamed of us? I'm not ashamed What's of you What's Tom guys? doing? Can you come up and mow the trunk or tree? <laughs> That'd be a blast. That'd be a blast. No. Can we give out a uh, fireball? No. Well, give it out to the parents. 
That's it's true. not a drinking event. We are at a Catholic school. It's Wisconsin. Everything's a drinking event. I would also agree with that. Maybe the moms will have some little, you know, vodka in their hot. There is no way Kahlua. you can convince me that those parents aren't going around with like apple cider with Fireball. Well, and Bailey's cream me, in their hot chocolate. Let Let's do this. Let me get a scouting report, and then maybe we'll think about trunk or treat next year. No, 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 no. no. You want to cause chaos now? <laughs> I'm not chaotic. Okay. Okay. Gemini oh, energy, Ramsey. Okay, what was that look, folks? Because <laughs> you don't even believe that. You were laughing. <laughs> That's why I gave the look. We're Gemini twins. I know. We're not chaotic. We are chaotic. It all, it all makes sense up here. That's, yeah. I'll give you the but, benefit. I'll give you the doubt on that one. It makes but sense up there. Just, I am a different person when I go to work. What do you mean? I'm a different person when I go to work. I cannot be chaos. I have to be dialed in. So you will not get chaotic Shauna on a Monday at Trunk or Treat. You're going to get dialed in. I'm sure I can get chaotic Shauna on a Monday night at Trunk or Treat. Absolutely not. You see, you laugh because you know I can. And that seems to be why he's being gatekept. I don't know. See, I, I like I said... Trick-or-treating has become a parent event as well where it's a drinking thing. Do you get trick-or-treaters at your house? I have no idea. Have you <laughs> never been home on Halloween? Well, I've been home on Halloween. I've just never tried to put candy out. I think it's kind of weird, to be honest with you. I just really want trick-or-treaters, but I don't think because we live in an apartment well, complex we're going to get them. Well, fucking come over to the house on the 31st. Well, that's what I'm we'll, asking. Are you getting we'll dr- trick-or-treaters? We'll drink beer and fucking give candy out. I don't even want to drink beer. I just want to give candy to kids. I think that's fun. We'll make a drink in a Okay, Michael Jackson, you got your van too? <laughs> All right. <laughs> On that note, episode 92 is in the books. I'm Eric. That's Ramsey. That's Shauna. Shauna and Justin are here. We're out. See you. Bye. Peace.